Blog Talk Radio.
Father, we praise your name and we thank you, Father, for another week that we've gotten through. Um, Maybe not completely overcame every single thing that we needed to, but we just confess, Father, that we are sinners. We are always monitoring and watching ourselves closely and judging ourselves in accordance with Colossians 11.21, Colossians uh, I'm sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 28, 31, and 32. And Father, may we, we pray in the name of Jesus that we will always be ever vigilant of our, of our behaviors and compare them continuously to the instruction that we have, not only from our King Jesus and the Gospels, but also from uh, the uh, epistles and, and, and all of the Word, especially that which is uh, pervasive throughout, uh, the guidance that is pervasive throughout all of of the uh, New Testament, praise God. And we just thank you, Father, for every opportunity that we have to be able to to uh, confess of our sins, for you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we pray that you will cleanse and totally purify our heart, our mind, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Father, we declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, your holy fire to complete surround around about our households amidst the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit and a thorny hedge of protection we pray in the name of Jesus that these things will continue throughout the week and we will walk under an open heaven with the holy fire uh, completely encapsulating all of our prayers all of our uh, praise throughout the week father we ask you for eight foot warrior angels to stand guard at our households we're asking you for a platoon of, of angels on a search and destroy mission to be able to ferret out all attempts to come against us, uh, indirect or direct, to, and, and we declare your holy fire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ to uh, vaporize all earthly and spiritual weapons and all fiery darts in Jesus' name.
Jesus' name. We tear up all demonic contracts. We cancel all demonic assignments in the mighty name of Jesus. And we pray, Father God, that this entire week will be blessed by your presence and that, and that we will draw in ever so much more close to you, Lord Jesus, in every utterance of praise, in every moment that we have in the early day, in, in the early hours of the morning to spend more time drawing closer to you, uh, looking for that golden and awesome, beautiful opportunity for you to put us on holy ground and to be asked by somebody for prayer uh, and, to, and to actually and, 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 and to even go beyond that uh, and to look for even more people in our in, within the realm of our influence and those even without, outside of the realm of our influence that need prayer, uh, looking for those opportunities to be able to lift them up through the power that you have given us, Ephesians 3.20, and to use those powers on behalf of the kingdom to bless you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Excuse me a second. Hold on a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I do not have a VU meter tonight, and I don't know why, and I probably should have rebooted my system, but according to Sister Vera up in Ontario, Canada, I'm sounding okay. According to Justin uh, Justin B., uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you uh, for uh, letting me know as well that uh, sound is okay. Um, I, I had to, I, I, I had, you know, I had this problem. You know, I, I used to have this whole studio full of all kinds of sound engineers, and then uh, they all quit after the holidays. They were like, man, you just don't pay enough. You know, I guess zero wasn't good enough. I don't know. I'm kidding. It's a joke. I don't have anybody. I got you. That's it. 
That's all I got. Uh, praise God. And that and my, and my joy and glee was uh, was the, a big old bucket of cold water was thrown on that uh, over the weekend. It turned out my daughter had to pull out on our little excursion. I was very excited about that uh, the opportunity to get to see her. Uh, it, it, you know, the cats in the cradle took precedence once again, and her husband, um, his car uh, evidently had a problem, and so they were down to one car and yada yada blah blah blah. So it. So I sat around. And did a whole lot of nothing. Although I did see, um, I did see. I forget what it's. Oh, it's called the Rig. It's a new. I don't know if it, I think it's a Prime, uh, a, a new Prime uh, movie series uh, that's out. But it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's called the Rig, and it's it's basically clean, uh, which is rare. Uh, and uh, and uh, it's good. It's good. So if you're sitting around bored like me sometimes on the weekends, uh, and you don't have a house now, if you have a house full of people, well, then you know, praise God for you. And, and that can be good or bad, as the scripture says. You know, uh, be, better uh, dry morsel than a house full of, uh, you know, uh, people and, and you know feasting and strife. You know, so so anyway, um, you know, you know. But if you have a house full of people uh, and there is uh, feasting but no strife, now you got yourself a pretty good deal going on there. Praise God, and you should be giving all the glory to Jesus because that's pretty rare, especially nowadays. Hallelujah. So anyway, and yeah, so I kind of feel weird without my little. Uh, VU meter jumping back and forth in front of me, telling me that you know the sound is actually something's happening, but I'm just going to have to go totally tonight on faith, and thank you for your feedback. I appreciate it. Um, it's just kind of how it goes. All right, praise God. Now, uh, wait a minute. What was the other thing I was going to – I was thinking about – oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. What was the other thing? There was something on the tip of my tongue that I wanted to t- mention, but now nah, it'll come back to me. I'm not, gonna, I'm not one of those people who likes to sit there and, and just rehash every thought that I've thought for the last 10, 15 minutes. Um, I was uh, doing some installations – the, the incident, when, when you have to switch your phone out and your pr- pr- previous phone is completely destroyed, uh, it takes forever. I mean, it, it, you think you got everything on there, but you don't. And the last thing you want to do is find yourself on an airplane somewhere and then realize, oh, no, I didn't install the blankety-blank app because you're never going to be able to install an app on uh, on uh, Wi-Fi, you know, on a plane. It's just crummy. It's a miracle that you can even get a message out once in a while. Praise Jesus. But anyway. All right. So, uh, so here we are tonight again is uh, the uh, Sunday, January the 8th. Um, the prayer vigil went well. Praise God. It was the first one that I didn't have to, like, cough up half a lung uh, for a while. And the one before that, I was feeling so sick, I barely made it even halfway through that one before I just had to toss in the towel. Uh, but I'm feeling a lot better now. For, uh, thank you, Jesus. I still got an occasional cough, um, and, and people are telling me that's absolutely normal. Um, everything else seems seems to be relatively relatively restored well uh you know as far as healing is concerned um the, uh, uh, so praise Jesus I just give all the glory to God I'm not worried about I don't have any you know I don't know why but I don't have any fears or worries about uh my job uh you know I mean I, I, naturally I got concerns because I don't want to spend money Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday flying 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 uh which is probably you know i don't want to i don't want to read too much into it but i know this personality type the one that's going to be assigned to me as my new boss and uh yeah that that's that's a i did that in the 90s and i can tell you folks it's not any fun 
Now, in the 90s, I was in my 30s, so, of course, back then, I was like, oh, I'm climbing the ladder. I'm going someplace. I've got 16,800 shares of founder stock, which they later took away from me and stole from me, so I should be retired now. But, you know, that works. That's what they do. That's what the evil ones that kill babies and do things like that. That's what they do. All right, praise God. So anybody out there thinks they're, you know, sitting pretty I, – I, I actually know what's called lucent millionaires. I know two different guys. One's John Ford, one, another one's Todd. Uh, and uh, and I'll, But anyway, um, both of them were lucent millionaires. And it's, that's a phrase in the information services technology field uh, that some people are aware of. And, and there were a lot of them at the time. Lucent stock went up through the roof rather rapidly over a period of a couple of years. And the vast majority of the people that were working at the company had a significant, um, you know, the significant stock options. And because of how the stock had, you know, I don't, I don't even know how many times it had doubled and doubled and doubled and doubled and doubled and doubled and doubled, but it kept on going higher and higher and higher until pretty much just about everybody that worked at Lucent was a paper millionaire. Well, what's really sad is that those people did what every uh, you know financial specialist in the world would have told him to do, which is to just you know leave the stock alone, hold on to it, uh, and ultimately retire early. Well, that in that case, it turned out to be extremely bad advice because Lucent took a dive, and virtually all the millionaires that were working for Lucent that could have cashed out their uh, uh, you know stock uh, while they were working there did the what what was considered the financially prudent thing held the stock and ended up losing every single penny that they had. And that's kind of that, that's kind of a really long version of my story. Uh, I uh, had 16,800 shares of founder stock from a multi-company purchase. And I should technically be doing this uh, program for off, to, off a 40-foot yacht, uh, you know, in St. Martin somewhere, you know, waiting for the next hurricane to come in and, and run away from. But anyway, uh, praise God. But, you know, that's just how it goes. Uh, what, what is that saying from the original Wall Street, Blue Star loves something airlines, whatever. You get you get the idea. So there, you know, the, the, the forces of darkness are going to find a way. As a general rule, I think personally, um, and this, you know, you might say, "Oh, you can't say that. That's communist or whatever." But when you think about the social programs that have been out there uh, since Roosevelt, you know, like Social Security and all that, which has um, and I still have to stop and drink water because of my um, blood pressure medication. It just makes my mouth really dry. But anyway, um, I think that when when Roosevelt put together, you know, the Social Security program and everything that has saved so many people uh, that, you know, it's the it's the widows. Really, more than anything, it's the widows that get hurt hurt the most. Um, and then I can give a, I can probably give another thirty or forty examples of other dynamics. For example, what if, what if you're a, a wife of a man who is serving the Lord, and you and that person is serving the Lord and is a associate pastor working at the local church, but also has a side job working over at Home Depot helping people for whatever some incredibly low low wage, and um and uh but his his heart okay is in serving the Lord, so he's you know. Uh, assistant or associate pastor or whatever at the assembly of God on wherever Ville Lane. Okay. Well, if that, if that, if something bad happens to that pastor, that associate pastor, and they pass away, 
Then the widow who's left behind of that associate pastor, if it wasn't for Social Security income, would be completely dorked, literally homeless, just in the streets. So um, I've always thought the Social Security program was pretty good uh, to have. And um, I've also thought to myself – you know what would have been interesting? I know this this runs absolutely counter to the Republican, uh, you know, mindset. But really, in the grand scheme of things, I it, it almost I almost kind of feel like a, there should have been some I don't know what you want to call it laws made, law federal laws made that you know if they were going to do Social Security, why did they should have also where did all the pensions go? That's what I'm asking. That's really where, what I'm, where I'm coming at. Where did all the pensions go? They went into the greedy pockets of all the blood-drinking, baby-killing, global satanic crime syndicate freaks that are all trying to kill us right now with their, with their doggone uh, uh, bioweapons and everything else under the sun. And don't even get me going. And that's, that's Joy's department more than anything. And she'll be talking, no doubt, about that uh, later tonight, uh, uh, probably on steroids. Praise Jesus. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've often thought, you know, when I look back in retrospect to American history and and, uh, and and the United States coming out of the Great Depression and all that kind of stuff, you know, back then, uh, I'm, without going into all the details of the history, I think it would have been pretty cool at the time when they were putting the country back together again and trying to protect the citizenry if they would have put together some sort of a federal mandate. Um, I don't know if it would have been through a tax or whatever, but something that pumped a uh, not just Social Security, but also pumped a program, some kind of a program that allowed American corporations to pump a kitty, uh, fill a bucket, if you will, full of uh, what we would call today as pension plan money, okay, uh, that would go above and beyond Social Security, since we all know that Social Security is barely enough to feed a, uh, you know, a couple of mice, let alone, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just absolutely insane. And, you know, and, and, and if you did, anyway, I'm not going to get into all that. That right there is a whole nother show. It belongs on a whole nother program. But, um, uh, and I'm not not even sure why that jumped out at me, but um, yeah, I was just, I, it was something that's been on my mind recently because I know a lot of good Christians out there and I'm one of them really. I mean, I, in theory, uh, I could easily fit into that category myself. Um, and I know that there's a lot of them out there that are in that category. If anything, any teeny weeny little bittiest, bittiest, teensy weensiest little thing goes wrong with their life, their husband, their family, where they're living, their house, where they're living, the Social Security, the, you know, the do it, the, the two incomes coming in from whatever. If anything happens to that, they're dorked. Okay, so um, and, you know, in a way, I think and I've said this before, I really feel from the bottom of my heart that our Heavenly Father wants us to be in a place where we are utterly, totally dependent on scared, scared, scared. I mean, now, now, see, here's the trick, though. He doesn't want us to be scared, but the journey to get to that place. You're going to be scared. At least if you're, if you're, unless you just got some kind of supernatural anointing all over you, and God bless you. But usually that supernatural anointing doesn't come out of thin air. The, the, the supernatural anointing comes 
over time. It's something, it's a uh, part of the sanctification process, I, I believe, at least in my life, in my walk, where I had to go through all the fleshy things, the fear, the tossing and turning in the middle of the night. I'm going to lose, you know, I could lose my job, I could lose my job, I could lose my job. I'm in a very precarious situation, you know, constantly worried, constantly, and then finally coming to a place. Now, I don't want to suggest that I've arrived because I certainly haven't. And anybody that has arrived, please tell me what the secret is. Send me an email to jbaptist777 at gmail.com and let me know what your secret is, okay? Your secret in Christ, okay? How did you arrive? And I honestly believe many, many of the people that I know, members of my family, et cetera, et cetera, people at churches that I've gone to, I believe that they, I don't want this to sound mean and snarky. I don't, I don't really want it to sound that way, but I think that they believe that they're at a place that they're not really at, if you know what I mean. You know, you you can honestly believe with all of your heart that you are, you know, that you're walking around, you're telling everybody, I trust Jesus. I totally trust Jesus no matter what. I know he's going to take care of me. Let God be God. God's got this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But I think what, what I think, I think that's wonderful. That, and, and that is what we, we should be making those proclamations. We should be working our, our way toward that, and that should be who we become ultimately. The question I always wonder is, has that person actually – you know, what happens if things get worse suddenly? In other words, you know, we tend to be a product of our journey in Christ. We tend to be a product of the things, that, you know, the anxieties, the challenges, the depressions, the, the family uh, ups and downs, the health issues that have occurred over the years, uh, the divorces that have occurred, some, you know, un, under many different circumstances, all these different dynamics that have, that, you know, the job losses, the firings, the, and when I say fire, I, you know, typically, that's what, it's what it is. You can call it, oh, I was laid off. You know, you were fired. I mean, you can call whatever you want to call it, but you're, you had a job and now you don't have a job. But anyway, um, but all those things are traumatic. As a matter of fact, I read an article. I've always been fascinated with sociology and stuff like that. And I was reading an article that um, losing a, a job unexpectedly, you're you, sorry, we're going to have to let you go. You know, you didn't see it coming. Losing a job unexpectedly has the same emotionally negative impact on a person as losing their spouse. Can you believe that? So evidently, uh, some psychiatrists or psych I don't even know who. I mean, I, quite frankly, it was a collection of people that specialized in such subjects and how people behaved, how people responded. Um, hold on. <clears throat> Oh, excuse me. Still got a little bit of cough going on. Um, and um, they they all got together. They looked at all of the, their, their different patients and the people that they've helped over the decades of time that they were in the business and, uh, you know, and the studies that, that, that were performed, uh, you know, on a more formal level. And they came to a conclusion. And the conclusion was uh, that, you know, it was a simplified conclusion. There was a lot of other information as well. But the most interesting and most simplified conclusion was that the people who lost their jobs, unbeknownst to them, in other words, you're fired and, you know, and you just get a phone call out of the clear blue sky. You had no idea you were going to lose your job, and then bam, you got no job. 
that the stress that that person undergoes, and I'm talking about not not just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that is an ongoing stress. You you might say, well, that stress and that stress is equal to in magnitude and is and is as impactful as losing a spouse suddenly. Now. Um, you know, now I can, what I can guarantee is that the emotional portfolio that's triggered is going to be different. Okay. There's going to be loss, grief and things like that. Family stuff, you know, the, the, the emotional portfolio that's going to be triggered in a negative way to the loss of a family member, uh, particularly a spouse is, um, that is, going to be a whole different set of feelings than the kinds of feelings that you're going to be dealing with when somebody comes up to you and says, you're fired, okay? But evidently, according to the study, um, uh, the actual emotional impact, the amount of depression the person deals with, the amount of anxiety the person deals with, the loss of sleep, the person deals with the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, was at the same order of magnitude. In other words, uh, if you wanted to play this, you know, if you wanted to say on a scale of one to ten, how do you feel about this? And the person that lost a spouse was like, I'm an eight. And the person that lost their job is like, I'm an eight. You know, they were comparing all of the different, you know, feelings that the people that were, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the groups were being, that were being analyzed, and they came to the conclusion quickly that um, the impact was extremely close. <clears throat> which surprised me. I had um um it hadn't occurred to me that that could be true, but now looking back on it and particularly in this day and age. Okay, where we're dealing with um they're pre- you know, you know the entities of from the bowels of Sheol that are talking to us, those talking heads that do nothing but lie and don't read their bible, pretend like they they have some sort of religion and then but they don't realize, you know. My bible says in Revelation, all liars will be cast into the lake of fire. That pretty much means Everybody who works in the in the news business, uh, give or take maybe a few. Praise God for them. All right. But, uh, boy, that's a scary business to be in if you know your Bible. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, um, we are in an interesting time now, I think. Now, I could go back and I, I, I'll do this uh, because I think I, I, I haven't done it in a while. And hold on a second. Let me use my scrolly wheel. This this document is getting so very big. Thank you, Jesus. Oh yeah. Wow. I gotta I gotta put the show notes on a diet here, like me. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, either that, I gotta build on a whole n- another. Uh, yeah. This is way too much. Okay. Hold on. Let me shrink this down and see if I can find it. Let's see here. Um, oh yeah, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, okay, here we go. So once again, here we go. See, I, I, I call it inside the show notes. I call it the seals events timelines. And I, and, um, so while a lot of people were looking at different things, you know, they're, you know, whatever that may be something that they heard from some pastor back in the fifties or some prophecy that they heard from somebody back in the eighties or whatever the case is that this, that, or the other thing is going to happen. Um, once again, the breakdown that I keep my 
eyes on for my own reasons, and I personally personally believe that these are the big items. And I'll just you know buzz over them really fast. Okay, basically we are we are. So in according in accordance with what the Lord told uh, Sister, I believe it was Linda. It's not what was her last name, Linda. Um, uh, but I always forget her last name, and I just apologize for that. But it was Sister Linda, and she was on the show, and the Lord gave her a a wow, super vivid dream. You know, one of those that you know was from God because it was like you were there. Um, and she came on the radio show and said that uh, this is what the Lord Jesus told her, and that the next major event of judgment. And I have to be careful about the use of that term because I'm not sure if she used precisely the term judgment. But the next major event, we'll just leave it at that. And and then the other thing is, what does major mean? And then you know, so there's a lot of variables in there. But but she was it was impressed upon her heart through this dream, and her evidently a conversation that she had had with the Lord during the dream, that um, the Pacific Northwest uh, tsunami and mega quake, otherwise known as the Cascadia subduction zone, was queued right up to the tippity top. Okay, so evidently, and by the way. Um, um, <coughs> Excuse me. Um, oh gosh, John Shorey has. Uh, that's been the big thing on John Shorey's list now for many, many years, uh, as being the next really big, super humongous event that's going to hit the earth as well. So there's a number of people that are pointing to that. Um, we also have we, we we have a collection. Let's just say a collection of godly people and godly dreams and godly visions over while wow, going back into the 30s, etc., of uh, mega, mega monster quakes in California that are, one of them is probably the Pacific Northwest Tsunami Mega Quake Cascadia Subduction Zone event. I know that's a big, we'll just call it the Cascadia event. One of them is probably that, and then I believe there would be a second California earthquake that's absolutely catastrophic, uh, you know, probably above a 9, maybe even as high as a 10, that's going, supposed to hit the, the more southern part of the state of California. Okay, and the reason why I believe that is because of deductions that I made from analyzing uh, Dr. David Orwer, the prophet Dr. David Orwer's um, visions of the earthquakes that hit California and comparing them to uh, other people's visions and dreams of uh, California earthquakes. It appeared, as best as I could tell, that there were actually two separate major mega quakes that hit California. What we don't know is, are they close together? Are they related? Uh, when you read Randy Hecker's vision, um, it almost seems like they're all sort of interrelated. You know, he talks about Papakadipedal blowing up, a major earthquake uh, killing up to 2 million people in um, uh, Mexico City, and then a ripple effect because of the interconnectivity of the fault lines going all the way up the west coast of North America and ultimately hitting the super, you know, the uh, – uh, 2012 uh, Charlie Frost super volcano uh, and just popping everything off. I mean, just, you know, earthquake after earthquake after earthquake after earthquake after earthquake, just m massive, massive 
you know, uh, destruction. So um, I don't know. You know, are these going to be broken into bite-sized chunks, you know, you know, individual events. And I, because the one thing that you cannot trust in a prophecy dream or a vision is you cannot trust. You can't. The, anything that has to do with time. Even in the original ha- Randy Hecker vision that got published on uh, Stan Deo's website many gazillion years ago. I don't even know, like 15, no, it had to be 20, 20. It's probably 20 years ago. Um, anyway, uh, the the um sorry the the cold thing is getting to me for a second um the the even on that the original publish publishing of the Randy Hecker vision way back when he was hypothesizing that it would be um you know the year 2012 that he felt a lot of the things that he was shown in his vision from the lord were going to happen now of course here we are it's 2023 uh and um you know it hasn't. So, again, just one more. And I'm not picking on Randy. Randy's awesome. I'm just saying that this is a – it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Every single time, it does not matter. I don't care who it is. It doesn't matter whose name is behind it. It does not matter. At the end of the day, the timing that they were given or that they felt. So it's, so it's either they were impressed. In other words, they felt in their spirit that it's probably going to happen in uh, this fall, or they felt in their spirit that it's probably going to happen in 2024. They felt in their spirit that it's probably going to happen. It was impressed upon them that it might be this timeline, that timeline in the wintertime in that, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's one way that folks express time. The other way that they express time is they will actually give a time. They will give a date. They will give – those are – so all of them, both of them are wrong always. Okay, so what I do is I just, you know, make a note of the events. That's it. I mean, really, watch the events. And to my chagrin and, you know – I, I must admit, humongous surprise, humongous surprise uh, that we are here now entering into 2023 and none of the things that we have been watching for. See, it's one thing if you're looking for every little bitty thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Hold on. Let me hit the cough button. Okay. Um, it's one thing if you're looking for every little thing, but I had to get to every little thing stuff off my plate. Okay. Because it's distracting. It's distracting. You need. I believe that the the smart way to do it is to get the, every little thing off your plate and only hold on to the big things, just the big stuff, the big stuff that tells a story, the big stuff that you can snap into a timeline, the big stuff that will help you be able to piece together the most likely series of events that will occur that will lead up to our departure window without stating anything other than what the Holy Bible says, which it doesn't say anything about, you know, it's going to be the summer. And, and you can quote the, the, you know, where Jesus was like, you know, uh, when, when, when the, uh, you know, when the fig tree begins to bloom, et cetera, et cetera, and, you know, that. But people have used that um, uh, godly reference um, from our Lord um, over and over again to make their point that they believe or that it was impressed upon their heart that it'll be next spring that such and such and such and such is going to happen. But it's never been right. 
It's never been right. So anyway, um, and, and so I'm fine with not being right about anything, but what I do love to do, and I still love to do it, is to make a note. So we know we got the Cascadia subduction zone event. We know that we got probably at least one more major Southern California 10, 9.5 or a 10 down there. By the way, you can get a movie that's very prophetic called 10.1, uh, 10.1, and it is very prophetic. So that, that'll, you know, knock your socks off. All right, praise God. Um, also, uh, this, this is um, extrapolated out of uh, part of the Randy Hecker and David Doetry um, uh, uh, visions of the rapture. We'll call them visions slash dreams of the rapture. Um, and that was a cosmic object or an asteroid hitting the sun, causing a solar storm and a major power grid outages. All right, then meteor showers uh, ultimately hitting the Earth. But in this particular case, the meteor showers actually hit the ground. They're not just up in the sky. And they, uh, they actually cause oil and gas fires going across the central part of the United States. Now, that, that makes sense because meteor showers are short-lived and the, Earth's, the Earth has to be pointing toward the meteor shower in order for the meteors to hit a particular location. So that, that gives us a little bit of context of those meteor showers. When exactly they're going to occur, we don't know. But could be any time. All right. Um, we know about the global financial collapse because that we're in the middle of that occurring right now. Now, some would argue that we've been in the middle of the global financial collapse going all the way back to the beginning of, you know, the, the, the 90s. Some would even argue even earlier. Some would say that it was really pronounced. When we entered into the 2000s, uh, you had Gerald Salente of, uh, you know, of the uh, um, Predictions Institute or whatever he calls it, uh, you know, making uh, uh, predictions, you know, back in 2004 uh, that, you know, the fiat currency would not hold out, uh, the, the, you know, the petrodollar was going to collapse. So th th this has been an ongoing uh, topic, uh, favorite ongoing topic of financial experts now for the better part of 15 plus years. All right. Now, what we see that's happening different now is we see an orchestrated takedown. It's a satanic orchestrated takedown. And it's being orchestrated by a Nazi, Klaus Schwab, wherever he came from, you know, whatever grave they dug his dead zombie body out of, uh, who knows? We don't know. And it's really kind of irrelevant. Um, it, the, the, the fact that there's been a global satanic crime syndicate that goes all the way up to the boardroom of Satan himself operating uh, uh, across the world uh, destroying it for fit for wow for ever it seems like but it to, to a lower degree in past years now we see a dynamic with the um the Fauci's and the Gates and the and the Klaus Schwab's and the Soros's and all the other entities that are that we, these are only the ones we see there's hundreds and hundreds of them behind the scenes. There's the Rhodes Roundtable. There's the, uh, the Community of 300, what John Coleman likes to call them. Uh, but but these, are, the, these are exceedingly powerful. These individuals are worth individually uh, over a trillion dollars a piece. Okay, so we're talking, you know, when you, talk, when you hear about the kind of money that George Soros kicks around, that's penny, any, nothing. All right. But they are still being mightily successful at collapsing the, the world. And when we can see it happening at, 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 be, at the behest of their hands 
as well as and, and as clearly as we can see it happening right now with the Twitter files, with the censorship, with the pandemic information, with, you know, our pandemic, with the bioweapon attack information, with the, all this. When we can put all of that together and see that they're behind it and have indisputable proof that should hold up in a court of law but will never hold up in a court of law because our courts of law are completely owned by the Global Santana Crime Syndicate. Well, you know, it is what it is. And unfortunately, there'll be a lot of people that are going to be, well, in order for us to come to one of the major SEALs events timelines, is going to be in order for us to come to the Civil War, which is, by the way, a major, you know, this is something that's been in multiple visions from uh, uh, David Wilkerson and then, of course, Dimitri Dudeman in his book, Through the Fire Without Burning, praise God, and some other uh, prophets as well. So we have confirmations on that. We're, we know that the global financial collapse, we're, we're way beyond the fiat currency worries of the 2004, 2005. Right now, what we're seeing is an intentional collapse of being orchestrated by the Antichrist through uh, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate and the manipulation of the entity that refers to itself as Biden when it's not pooping its pants. All right. Now, um, uh, then you've got the, uh, the, the the imminent war in North Korea, the sinking of a United States aircraft carrier. That's dangling out there. And boy, oh, boy, is that, that continues to get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. There's already been discussion about, you know, maybe not negotiating but dropping the ceasefire because there never really was any kind of an agreement uh, at the end of the Korean War. It was just essentially a ceasefire. They set up a, a demilitarized zone, and that's where it's been ever since. We've got so we know that that's coming, and it's bubbling. It's it's like a volcano that's popping off. It's almost like a, a kind of like metaphorically a little bit of a little popacata petal going on over there. We don't know when it's going to explode. But we know it's going to explode soon enough. All right, praise God. We're not going to assign a time to it. We're just going to keep our eyes on it. Praise Jesus. Next one up is uh, direct missile attacks uh, and foreign troops on American soil. Now, that one there, I'm kind of feeling like we have to shuffle these around like a little bit of a game of Tetris. You know what I mean? Because as we learn more, we figure more stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, I think – I could be wrong – but I think that the, that the civil uh, the civil war in the United States – is going to happen before the end of the third seal, okay? Because now, now think about it. So, so we know that we got the second seal rolling out right now. It's just in the very, 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 very beginning, which is a little disheartening considering how much time since April of last year the second seal has started to roll out, and look where we are right now. We're, you know, my goodness, we're almost a whole year since the, the Russian uh, special operation. Almost a whole year has gone by, and look where we are right now. That That's a little disheartening for me. All right, but that is definitely the beginning of the second seal. We know that it's happening in concert, in parallel with the third seal, which is the collapse of the petrodollar. We have seen, um, you know, the, the, I think the greatest sign of all, and never mind bricks, that's a huge sign, but the greatest sign of all, in my personal opinion, of the <laughs> – consummation of the third seal, the, the total collapse of the petrodollar, is the idea that um, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia is now uh, wanting to be part of BRICS. Okay, uh, and doesn't want anything to do with the United States. So we've made total enemies out of him, which, of course, would be exactly what the Antichrist would want to do in order to collapse and cause the third seal to, to uh, you know, be fulfilled. Praise God. 
All right. Uh, we know that there's going to be Israeli jets launching two tactical nukes. To, it's simply it, a couple of jets are going to fly in very low, very, very fast and very, you know, uh, you know, right to the Fort Dow facility. And they're going to shoot two tactical nukes at the base of the Fort Dow facility. They've even come out and said back in 2012, I still have a picture of the article where uh, an IDF general uh, had come out forward and said, you know, told the whole world. He said, there's no way we're going to take out for Dow. Unless we use nukes. That's what he said. 2012. I have the, I have the article today. All right. Um, uh, another one is a major man-made biological attack pandemic kills millions. Interestingly, that one's been in the list prior to 2019. So I think what I'm going to do, because I don't know, maybe in a sad sort of a way it makes me – uh, I like to be able to check off boxes a little bit, even though they're Psalm 91 bummer boxes. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to strike. I'm going to strike through on that one as being completed. All right. So at least we have some progress made. Thank you, Jesus. Although it was a horrible thing that's still going on even today. All right. Civil war and unrest and martial law. I think that one's going to. I still think that's going to be tied into the 2024 Trump election. I think it's going to have to do with his elimination and the caskets and all the other things that people have prophesied and seen happen uh, in regard to him. Because, like I said before, uh, I do believe that that is the magnitude of the event that we need to have happen in order for a civil war to actually be triggered. It will be the last straw. Okay. Um, so I'm still pointing to that one as being probably pretty imminent. As a matter of fact, um, if I didn't have a couple of these, but I, you know, never, nevertheless, keep our eyes on all of that stuff. And it's all in play, by the way. It's all in play. They still chatter about it on on um, on uh, um, Twitter. All right, the lawmakers. All right, next one up, uh, Libya launches nuclear-tipped missile into Israel. Now, that was the first thing that Sarah Manet saw when God showed her the end times unraveling in her vision back in 1979. That doesn't mean that there wasn't other events that were taking place prior to what she saw. That's the thing that we have to remember. Nobody saw everything, but she definitely saw the most of everybody that we've ever monitored. Uh, and, and in the most logical chrono, it's the most logically chronological layout. Okay, praise God. Now she did admit that she wasn't exactly sure on the timing of a lot of the things because it were going by real fast, and she, you know, and 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 that's normal. All right, praise God. But Libya launching a, a nuclear tip missile into Israel it, in her what the Lord showed her as the kickoff of the end times. That was the big event for her. That's when people started pulling triggers on nuclear missiles. I'm talking about the ones that fly through the sky, uh, and uh, and it, what. But they were stopped. Okay, so you know it's not that the missiles didn't explode, but it did not turn into global thermonuclear war. But it it it, it definitely triggered the beginning of World War Three. We've got we know that we got the Gog Magog invasion. Two million people are supposedly uh, going to pass in Israel. Who knows how many will pass in the nations that surround it? That will be happening at the same time that the United States of Babylon the Great is involved in its version of World War Three. All of the, uh, as it says in the um, in in uh, the Revelation um, chapter six, 
uh, where it talks about behold a pale horse. That's that's really uh, talking about World War Three and a lot of other stuff too. Okay, praise God. So there's going to be and it talks about 25% of the earth, which by the way pretty much is what the West is okay which would be new zealand australia europe the united states you know that um that whole thing all right praise god thank you jesus now uh let me see here we know that we're going to have several major cities in the united states get nuked by ground-based nuclear missiles bombs i should say nuclear bombs from the ground we also know that um rachel baxter's vision uh, she was shown by the lord uh that that uh, ground-based nuclear event in Chicago was the quintessential event that started World War III, and the Lord told her there would be no turning back after that event. But we also are aware that there are probably another six or seven cities, uh, which include um, San Francisco, uh, uh, Seattle, Los Angeles, uh, I believe San Diego, uh, Dallas, Fort uh, Dallas and uh, uh, Houston, Atlanta, the, uh, Washington D.C., and uh, of course Chicago, and then um, and then uh, New York City. As a minimum, as a minimum. Now I've had people send me emails and these little ditties and say so and so prophesied that Tampa is going to be blown up and it's going to be nuked and all this other stuff, and I'm like, well, I've been doing this for 12 years and I appreciate you sending that to me, but I have got zero confirmations on that. All these other things that I'm talking about right now I have bunches and bunches and bunches of confirmations none of these are dangling out on their own with with a couple of very teeny exceptions like the uh, two nukes uh, hitting the Fort Al facility the only person that that saw that was uh, Dr. David O'Rourke but the other ones have multiple confirmations from other believers in some cases over decades if not you know 100 years plus of time all right praise God thank you Jesus Um, you know I don't believe any of us I would like to believe with all of my heart that none of us are going to be here for this event but um you know we we know that world war 3 is really going to roll from the fourth seal directly into the sixth seal so world war 3 will be taking place I, I don't know how else to put it but it will be at its it will be in full effect it will be major world war 3 okay and and not just skirmishes here skirmishes there it's going to be big okay gog magog the united states russia china the whole deal boom 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 all right now that's going to be happening but that'll also be happening while there are uh alien invasions taking place now how that all snaps together we don't know. But what we do know is that there's going to be one big spherical-shaped, copper-shaped, round, um, mega Death Star event that's going to uh, fill up all of the television st- stations across the entire world several weeks before we leave on the barley harvest. Because Pastor Sori Park was shown, uh, what Jesus told him straight up, he said, you know, he was in heaven with Jesus having a conversation, and Jesus told him straight up that the eight, that NASA will come in on all the televisions worldwide and tell the whole global population that the aliens took the people. Okay, but Jesus was talking about the rapture when he was talking to Sori Park. Okay, so that that we know that's the barley harvest. 
We know that, and that's the one we want to go on, okay, because it's going downhill from there, folks. From that point forward, it's going to be just bombs, nukes, ground-based nukes. It's going to be unbelievable hell on earth. There's going to be other alien invasions, which, by the way, are touched upon in uh, 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 Second Esdras uh, 15, verse uh, uh, 28. Uh, you can read it for yourself if you want, and there's other places in the scripture too as well. Uh, and then you, you, you're going to have, of course, the Gog Magog invasion, which is inclusive of the United States because the United States in Ezekiel 38 is the is the city without any walls. That's us. And um, and then uh, and there and the and the global earthquake that occurs in Revelation 6 verse 12. All right, also happens that same exact earthquake is mentioned in Ezekiel 38. I think it's around verse. 40 or something like that. All right, but just look for where it mentions the globe. It, it sounds at first when you start reading it that it's just talking about an earthquake in Israel, but when you keep on reading it, it goes on to tell you that the whole earth is shook, okay? So it's kind of like in Isaiah 24, uh, the earth rocking to and fro like a drunkard. But anyway, um, it's going to be bad. Uh, 24 hours before the meteor that causes these this mega global earthquake hits the earth i like to refer to it as the efren rodriguez meteor uh, a couple of it hits uh, the atlantic ocean just uh, off the coast of puerto rico causes a thousand foot tidal wave, many, 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 a countless number of people, Christians, uh, over the years have seen different variations of it. Some of them have seen it from Virginia. Some of them have seen it from New York. Some of them have seen it from different parts of the world. Sarah Manet saw it from above, and she knew that it was combined with the La Palma collapse uh, in the Canary Islands. So it wasn't just uh, the impact of the meteor, but it was also the the uh, crumbling of the La Palma uh, volcano mountainside uh, causing a double mega tsunami that just absolutely obliterates the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, killing more than 22 million people. By the way, this happens prior to the final harvest. This happens prior to the wheat harvest, which is the final harvest. What happens is soon after, when, once that meteor hits, the day of the Lord is kicked off, okay? And that's when all of the fallen angels are cast down to the earth with Satan. That's when, um, <clears throat> you know, global thermonuclear war begins. That's when Russia completely levels this country from sea to shining sea with, um, with uh, submarine-launched nuclear missiles. That's when the things that Henry Groover saw come true. That's when the things that Dimitri Dudeman saw come true. That's when the things that A.A. Allen saw come true. Uh, that is Revelation 18, and we know that that happens during the day of the Lord in the sixth seal, Revelation 6, 12 through 17. And we know that because it says in Revelation 14, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, that great city, blah, 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 blah. All right, so we know that uh, Revelation 18 happens before Revelation 14. We also know that Revelation 18, verse 23 says, and the bride and the bridegroom will be heard in her no more. Well, wait a minute. 
let's find out where that where, where what window uh, what window in in the scripture is that referring to all first Thessalonians 5 9 says we are not appointed to to, to, to wrath and Revelation 6 verse 17 says and the day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand so that means the bride of Jesus Christ the first the the, the wheat and the barley harvest are gone by then well, if Revelation 18, verse 23 says the bride and the bridegroom will be heard and her no more, that means that Revelation 18 happens in the middle of the sixth seal. Praise God. And we know that because the metaphor that is used there is the sky will scroll roll up like a scroll, and that's just a metaphor for, um, you know, uh, global thermonuclear war, which is going to be ultimately the complete and final destruction of Babylon the Great. But it's going to be hell. The stuff that's going to be happening once, once the global financial collapse happens, once World War III starts to really kick off, let me tell you something, folks. I'm going to be looking outside Every day, I am going to be watching for that big, round, copper, ball-shaped, spherical, death star thing that David Doetry saw, because I believe with all of my heart that the Lord was definitely, definitely talking to David, showed him that. We had him on the show a couple of times. He gave the testimony as well as we have read his testimony and vision. I don't even know how many times on this program, and it goes hand in hand with what Pastor Sori Park was told when he was taken uh, to heaven and had a conversation with Jesus about the rapture. Now, of course, they always use the term the rapture. Ah, but it's up to us. It's the glory of God to conceal it the matter and glory of kings to search out a matter. Proverbs 21 verse, no, it's not, it's not, it's not it's, uh, that one there is 25, 2, I think it is. Anyway, I got to go back and double check it. Um, I've been re- recently. I've been focusing on uh, Proverbs twenty-one-one, which is. Uh the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord, like the rivers of water. He turns it wherever he wishes. All right, that one is really important for all of us right now because we want to get to the place where we're fully trusting God. We're not worrying about things and also being cautious of our own fragility. Okay. In other words, there are plenty of believers out there that that do say God's got this, and they're right. God does got this. All right, and and they believe it, and they're standing on it, and God has answered their prayers, and they have come through a lot of ugly. Okay, that's a wonderful thing. But the problem is, we got a big old bubbly cauldron of ugly uh that you know that that that's looking right at us okay for the imminent days ahead what does that mean is it going to be are some of these things going to happen in 2023 um maybe could they? Uh, absolutely. Um, will they be progressing throughout 2023? And will will there be surprises that we did not foresee in 2023? I think so. I really do. I think very, very, very much so. Are they going to be things that we can cross off of this list that I just discussed? Maybe not. We might end up having to wait until 2024 and all the Trump Trump stuff before things really get kicked off. 
I'm talking about here in Babylon the Great. There could be other things that um, are that roll forward and become much, much more intense in other parts of the world as the seals continue to unravel. But it, I have this sneaking suspicion that once the Civil War breaks out in the United States of Babylon the Great, once the rest of the world sees the chaos. Now, can you imagine the Cascadia subduction zone event occurring, which is going to be so bad that, that words will not be able to describe it. It can. It's going to be absolutely beyond Earth. It's going to make Katrina look like a spring spritz. Okay. And it's going to be worldwide. And then you, and then when does the civil war occur? You know, when you start to look at some of these things that affect this country directly, if those some of those things happen in tandem, it's the potential for all heck breaking loose across the entire world and all of these things on this list essentially accelerating and starting to happen faster and faster and faster and faster and faster, complete with the EMP and all the other stuff, folks. It, the next several years, I mean, really think about it. We just entered into 2023. Now, look, at I know this is a hard thing to imagine, but 2022, for me, 2022 felt like it went by like molasses, like I was watching a fly trying to get out of molasses as a drip was slowly, slowly rolling down the leg of the table. But now, looking back on 2022 from 2023, it's kind of like, I guess I have to admit, you know, hindsight's 2020 and yada yada, and it really did kind of go kind of fast-ish-ish, only looking backward. Looking forward, it was like death by 50,000 cuts, okay, but looking backwards... And, and so if we p apply the principle of looking backwards on 2022 to 2023, although I don't think it's going to be, you know, furry white kittens and huggy bunnies, I think it's going to be a very bumpy 2023. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do think some stuff is going to happen. Some of it's going to be real bad, and um, and maybe some of it is will be off off of this list. But I really, when you think about it, now it can't be too cataclysmic. Whatever happens can't be too cataclysmic because think about it. If whatever does happen in the year of 2023 is cataclysmic enough. The forces of darkness will institute martial law. All right? And I'm desperately in need of water. Hold on. Okay. You see what I'm saying? That's critical thinking skills. So when you're looking at that, you have to ask yourself questions like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if the forces of darkness get any kind of an excuse to institute martial law across the entire country, they're going to take it. They're going to jump at it. So that sort of kind of indicates that some bad stuff can happen in 2023, but whatever the bad stuff is, it, can't, it cannot be bad enough to allow the forces of darkness to 
institute martial law because they're they're drooling at the opportunity to have to uh, you know because it would jettison the global reset forward so fast um, and you know combine that with some other things that Schwab and these other entities from the bowels of Sheol have said uh, boy oh boy talk about a pile of ugly to size of Mount Everest hallelujah all right but anyway it's it you know we don't know so anyway, but here's the good news. The good news is hang in there. If this was a game, I've, I know I've used this analogy before back 10 years ago, and I was so far off, I had no idea how far off I was. But just for the grins and giggles, we'll use the analogy again. If this was a game of risk, a Bible, we want to invent that. Hey, we should all get together and do a GoFundMe and like, and you know, do whatever Hasbro does or whatever and create a Bible end times game of risk. Do you know how I think that would sell? I mean, all we need is Hobby Lobby to like put it right in the front, a big old pile stacked right up, and we'll call it Bible end times risk. And the whole family can play. And we'll put all the prophetic, horrible, cataclysmic things that are supposed to happen. And, uh, you know, of course, evangelical Christianity will be like, oh, none of that's going to come true, man. We're all on the seven mountains and we're holding hands and singing. Kumbaya, and uh, we've ripped out and redacted the Book of Revelation. By golly, I don't, I don't know if I want that game or not. But I don't know. Maybe it would catch on. You never know. Praise God. But anyway, um, uh, on that note, praise Jesus, kids. You ready for a couple of jokes? No! All right, let's go ahead and scroll up. Boy, I've got man, there are so many of these here. Let me jump over here. All right, here we go, kids. Ah, there. Kids, what happened to the man who had a brain transplant? I guess we should ask uh, Biden. Maybe he would know. What happened to the man who had a brain transplant? Think hard. He changed his mind. (laughs) He changed his mind. Come on. All right. Praise God. All right, kids. Why are robots fearless? Because they have nerves of steel. (laughs) Well, maybe some of the new ones don't, but you know the one, the current one. Okay. Okay. Kids, what's the hardest part of skydiving? Of all the things you got to do, but, you know, packing up your, getting, you know, packing up your parachute, getting everything lined up exactly as you were shown, uh, ch- testing all the strings, making sure the straps are all just right so you don't go flying to the, what is the hardest part? Getting on the airplane, is it the jumping part? Is it the jumping part? What's the hardest part of skydiving? The ground. <laughs> the ground. I guess you don't know that unless you get all the other stuff wrong, right? Yeah. Well, anyway, I personally will skip that one. I know it's a, it's a, but you know what? Uh, I come, I come so close to slipping, getting in and out of the shower in the morning time. That's about as much uh, woohoo and what they do as I want in my life. Hallelujah! All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? <laughs> It's not normal. It's just wrong. 
Praise God. Um, I'm going to read this because I know it's going to be flying around evangelical churchianity like crazy. And uh, you will, I won't say that you will definitely be confronted by it, but it is possible somebody will bring something up along this line. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. I personally do not believe it's going to happen. I strongly Okay. In other words, I believe this. Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. That's right, brother. Blen Blen Black. (laughs) Right, kids? Blen Black. (laughs) What? Oh, come on. It was just a play on words. All right, Glenn Beck. Okay. Okay. I know you like him because he looks like Santa Claus with all that white hair, right? (laughs) Ah, The ulterior motives of young ones. Anyway, praise Jesus. World Net Daily says everybody missed it. Bombshell Huckabee announcement. According to Huckabee, the Supreme Court could flip the 2020 election and kick out Biden and Kamala Harris. And they wrote a whole big old article. It says, former Arkansas governor and Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee published a piece recently calling attention to the case Brunson versus Adams, set to be heard before the United States Supreme Court this week. What the plaintiff appellant, Rowland Brunson of Ogden, Utah, and his three brothers seek is nothing less then the removal of the president of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris from office, arguing members of Congress failed to fulfill their constitutional duty on January the 6th of 2021 by not reviewing allegations of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Down. I guarantee this Supreme Court story is real, Huckabee writes. Quote, he says, the Supreme Court has agreed to hear for a case that could conceivably, all capital letters, please consider this the longest of the long shots. So at least he knows it's a long shot. Overturn the election of 2020, throw out all the legislators who voted to certify the results and leave them ineligible to run for office ever again, even for uh, town dog catcher, he says. A private uh, conference to review the case was set for Friday, the second anniversary of January 6, 2021, at the uh, Capitol incursion. And then it goes on to say the argument the Brunson brothers make in their lawsuit is that 388 lawmakers named in their court filing took an oath to support and defend the United States Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yet, they purposely thwarted all efforts to investigate allegations of fraud in the 2020 election, whereupon this enemy the internal enemy, was not checked nor investigated. 
Therefore, the respondents adhered to the enemy. This, the fact that this is making it before the Supreme Court is really fascinating. Does it, now, do I think it's going to change anything? No, I, I, I think like Huckabee. It's like the longest long shot ever, ever. Okay, but just the fact that he even got in front of the Supreme Court is just astonishing. But anyway, it goes on. It says the Brunsons recounted in their petition to the Supreme Court on January 6, 2021, the 117th Congress held a proceeding and a debate in Washington, D.C., known as the proceeding. This proceeding was for the purpose of counting votes under the 2020 presidential election for the president and vice president of the United States under the under Amendment 7. During this proceeding, over 100 members of United States Congress claimed factual evidence that, that um, said the election was rigged. Now, of course, think about it. Think about where we are today, folks. How many of those out there would even mumble that, let alone speak it out loud? We, we country is so completely taken over by the satanic crimes and again it's unbelievable mccarthy please oh gosh don't even get me going anyway it's it's over it's it's it's, it the game is over before the game has even begun all right but i'm going to go ahead and continue during the proceeding over 100 members of congress claimed factual evidence that said that the election was rigged goes on to say a successfully rigged election has the same end result as an act of war to place into power whom the victor wants, which in this case is Biden, who, if not stopped immediately, will continue to destroy the fundamental freedoms of Brunson and all United States citizens in courts of law. So the Brunsons are tar- targeting the process itself that took place during the certifying of the election on January 6, 2021, not trying to prove the election was rigged or stolen, which completely changes the entire dynamic. Because if, and boy, this is an if the size of the, the you know Chrysler building in downtown Manhattan, but if this makes it in front of the Supreme Court, because this ain't, this ain't in the judgment now, this is just them looking at the case and saying, hmm, Does this have any merit? Now, if it makes it past that point and actually becomes a case, that's going to be very interesting because they will not be judging on the behaviors. Really, at the end of the day, they're just, it's just the constitutionality of it all. And the potential for that actually making it through the court system is noteworthy, to say the least. Praise God. All right. Now, also to keep the listeners of the show up to date on what's going on with the second seal uh, and Russia and the Ukraine, and which is, you know, appears to me as it's pretty much the very beginning point of, uh, you know, World War Three. <coughs> There's other points across the world that World War III will kick in as well, but this is definitely the hottest item going on right at the moment. But there's this particular dialogue by uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor, who's one of my favorites. Um, It covers a, wow, a wide range of subjects and is definitely worth taking the time to listen to. So let me go ahead and see if I can get this planned for you here. The situation on the ground in Ukraine, how much of a difference – have NATO 
weapons meant, uh, and not just during this war itself. I mean, the billions of dollars that have been allocated. I think the figure now, officially from Congress, is at least $66 billion spent by the U.S. officially on the proxy war in Ukraine. But also uh, the previous eight years of NATO training Ukrainian soldiers, uh, tens of thousands of soldiers in Ukraine trained by the U.S. and NATO allies instead of Ukraine. How much of a difference has all that made to this current war? I, I think it has made a profound difference in some areas and not so much difference in others. Let me give you a quick example. <clears throat> this is something which we did not buy and, uh, and give to the Ukrainians. It's called Starlink. It's a system that was developed by Elon Musk, and it's satellite-based, and it's near instantaneous. You have a dish. Satellites keep coming across. You are communicating, planning, coordinating operations on the ground with the use of nonstop satellite-based communications and interaction that allow you to plan and execute operations on the fly. That has helped enormously. Uh, and that was provided, as I said, by Elon Musk. The Javelin initially was touted as the wonder weapon, but we know that hundreds of the wonder weapons were actually captured by the Russians. And as soon as the Russians figured out, as, as frequently happens with a new weapon, what the danger was and how to treat it and how to respond to it, it ceased to be a wonder weapon. In other words, any weapon you, you implement that's new, there's a, there's a very short uh, half-life for that weapon to have an impact, after which the enemy discovers what it is, how to counter it, and moves on. So I think a lot of these weapons have been very good for a short period of time, but they haven't fundamentally changed the strategic equation. And there's only so much that you can train people to do. You know, we've had, what, eight years of a steady NATO, primarily U.S., U.K., British, some German, some French, Canadian uh, training. But it's, it starts with a small group, and then you get a larger group, and it continues to grow. By the time uh, the Russians moved in with roughly 150,000 men, of whom 80,000 were combat troops, they faced a force of 600,000 Ukrainians. So the Russians were always outnumbered. But the Ukrainians were also advised to do some things that weren't very smart one of which was move into these cities and urban areas, immobilize yourself in defense, and fight it out. Well, the problem with that is that your opponent can sit down, light up a camel, take his time, cut you off, cut off your water, cut off your electricity, isolate you, and then grind you down, which is exactly what happened to most of these places. That was not a good strategy. And now that strategy has become fight for every inch of ground which is another loser historically for any army that tries to do it. Ground is only valuable if it gives you an advantage. It's something you drive over and fly over. It has otherwise no value. So militarily, it has to have a value for you that it gives you an advantage to hold on to it. This is the problem with all these counterattacks. And that's why they're bleeding. So I would say that, yes, there were so many good things. I think in leader, terms of leadership, the Ukrainians have done some very good things. And look, the Ukrainians have always been tough soldiers. This is not a new development. So are the Russians. By the way, the Chechens have been phenomenal in this fight. Absolutely phenomenal, which tracks with the history of Chechens, if you know anything about the Caucasus. The Russians are lucky they're on their side. But the bottom line is that 
did it did it change everything? Was it a game changer? No, because armies are more than just a few years of investment and training. They are institutions. They grow over time. It's like our submarine fleet. The Chinese have tried to field a nuclear submarine fleet. Whenever one of their subs goes to sea, it never goes very far from the coast, and they're afraid they're going to lose it. Well, no surprise. Look how long it took us to build, field, develop, train, educate people to operate nuclear submarines. Decades. So I think you, you have to scale back your expectations of what military assistance can do. And I think it did many good things, but it was never going to be enough. Is that reasonable? Absolutely. Okay. You need to tell me if you want more. <laughs> so I want to ask you your thoughts on a tweet that was recently um, tweeted out by, of all people, Elon Musk. Ukraine-Russia peace. Redo elections of annexed regions under UN supervision. Russia leaves if that is will of the people. Crimea formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783 until Khrushchev's mistake. Uh, water supply to Crimea assured Ukraine remains neutral. And, uh, of course, he's been uh, very attacked over this. But what are your thoughts on that plan? Well, I think it's a reasonable plan, but we're not dealing with reasonable people. And uh, the Ukrainians weren't willing to do any of that long before the war began. Remember the two so-called breakaway autonomous republics. The people there are Russians, just as the people in Kherson are Russians. But Putin and the Russian government never demanded that those people join Russia. The Minsk Accords was his attempt to avoid a war. And remember, those were signed by Macron and, and Schultz and others, and they promised to implement them. They were never implemented. And what he wanted them to do was treat the Russians living on Ukrainian soil as equals allow them to be equal to other citizens, equal before the law, allow them to speak their language, educate their children in Russian, open and maintain their churches. That's what he wanted. And that was unacceptable to Zelensky and the crew that was uh, installed in 2014. They, I don't think Zelensky ever was. I'm still not entirely sure how Kolomoisky and George Soros and Victoria Nuland discovered him and put him in power, that's another story. But I think the radical nationalists and that those, those people are the people you referred to earlier as neo-Nazis. That's accurate. They were the ones that said, you, if you don't want to be a Ukrainian, you can leave. Your only alternative is to quote unquote, Ukrainianize. Or give up your identity, your culture, your language, your schools, your church, and become one of us. And of course, in that part of the world, those things don't happen. I mean, this is the problem with denationalization. Race, religion, language, and culture are part of what makes us human beings. We are not just economic animals. We're not all Pavlovian dogs, feed us and we're happy. There's more to us than that. And he was demanding that all of that be flushed and you become members of the new Ukrainian state. The second part is that almost as soon as he took over, uh, the Ukrainian forces began attacking the uh, autonomous republics, shelling these places, killing people, large numbers of civilians that had nothing to do with anything. And no one did anything about it, even though Putin kept saying they must implement the accords. And Ukrainians kept saying, you have to send us the taxes that you collect from the people in those republics. Well, the Russians said, well, then, if we pay you taxes, which we're not collecting, by the way, because these people are at war under shellfire, but then we're paying you 
Who's going to pay for their homes, their schooling, their medical care, their, their sewage, roads, bridges? And of course, the answer was, that's not our problem. You know, so th- there was never a willingness on the Ukrainian side to implement these accords. And Putin made that very clear. He told us that, and we didn't care because apparently we wanted the con- confrontation. When I say we, the people in power in Washington and the same people today who went in and told Donald Trump, you have to give us this, you have to support us with this. Uh, if you want us to do X, Y, and Z in support of your agenda, you have to help us in Ukraine. And he finally buckled under pressure and went along with it. Those people are still out there right now arguing for a fight to the death, to the last Ukrainian to defeat Russia. They're there. They haven't gone anywhere. Uh, And that's why we don't talk about Republicans and Democrats much anymore. We talk about the uniparty. Who are we kidding? You know, I grew up with Democrats. I'm from Philadelphia. Democrats I grew up with were great people, great Americans. They would never sign on for any of this. I don't know what they're talking about. So I don't think it's Democrats or Republicans anymore. I think it is this uniparty that is enriching itself on a scale that I don't think we've ever seen in American history. I mean, how do you how are, how did Liz Cheney go from being worth seven million to being worth over forty million in the space of two terms, or what is it, three terms, six years? It's insane. I mean, how is that possible? Well, we know how it's possible. The system doesn't work. It's corrupt. Doug, uh, after this proxy war is over, we can uh, debate the, just how involved George Soros has been in all of this. Although, you know, I, I will concede that he has spent a lot of money uh, on efforts to bring Ukraine into the pro-Western camp. I just don't know how involved he was in, in bringing Zelensky to power. But we can leave that aside. But I do want to ask you, you know, you mentioned um, how there are just forces inside Ukraine who just don't see the Russian-speaking population as equal. And, you know, a major force that represents this is, of course, the Azov Battalion, which for years, it's been openly acknowledged, you can read about it in the New York Times, that they're openly neo-Nazi. Congress in 2018 banned any U.S. assistance to Azov. But all of a sudden, since the February invasion, it's like all that recent history is forgotten. And now in the New York Times, you'll see headlines like this one which talks about uh, commanders of Azov uh, who were freed under a prisoner swap having an emotional reunion with their families and no mention at all anymore in the Times of what they used to report that Azov is neo-Nazi. And I'm just wondering your, your, your response to all that, seeing just the contrast before the invasion and afterward, how the U.S. has treated uh, an, a neo-Nazi paramilitary group that it once banned assistance to. Well, Kolomoisky, who is the uh, billionaire oligarch who's most responsible for uh, our friend uh, Zelensky's emergence from obscurity, is Jewish. He is the number one funder of all the neo-Nazi organizations and formations. Makes no sense to me. I can't conceive of that, frankly. But that's the case. Uh, I, I think that at this stage, if the globalists want to win... They'll use anything and anyone to win. That includes neo-Nazis. It includes blowing up pipelines. It includes sanctions. It includes anything that they can find. No stone will be left unturned. And by the way, you mentioned Soros. Uh, 
Well, you mentioned Soros. There are people, I, I, telling, I, yeah, well, there are people telling me that he's practically the shadow NSA. That may well be the case. He's a violent Putin hater. And of course, just as he is persona non grata in Russia, he's also persona non grata in Israel because he's a well-known Israel hater. So it's a very strange set of circumstances for which there is no easy explanation. But war is like that. You end up with partners you never thought you'd have and enemies that you never thought you'd have. And that's where we are right now. So if you're again, I just set rationality aside because I don't think it has much impact anymore. Shifting gears a little bit, the New York Times uh, has an article. It says, U.S. aims to turn Taiwan into giant weapons depot. Officials say Taiwan needs to become a quote-unquote porcupine with enough weapons to hold out if the Chinese military blockades and invades it, even if Washington decides to send troops. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, the supposition is that uh, Taiwan uh, is an inevitable target for the Chinese, that China will invade Taiwan, that China has always wanted to invade Taiwan. I don't think that those things are true. If you go back to Xi's statements uh, at various party congresses, uh, the idea was that uh, the two states would grow together. In other words, over time, what the, whatever was different about them would, would be set aside. They would grow together. And they envisioned, uh, as I recollect, unification between Taiwan and China sometime around 2040. That doesn't sound to me like a plan to invade. The second thing is that if you look at the PLA, the PLA doesn't have uh, the transport to move tens of thousands of soldiers over 100 miles of water to reach Taiwan. We know how difficult it is just across the English Channel, which is considerably narrower. Uh, what, are, what are we thinking? I mean, crossing 100 miles of water to mount a major invasion is very difficult. And the third thing is that the Chinese do a, a land office business with Taiwan. And most of the Taiwan banks have vast quantities of their money on the mainland. Uh, I don't see much appetite in Taiwan for war with China. In fact, every time we sail ships through the Straits of Taiwan, the Taiwan military has asked us, to, will you please stop doing that? Because every time you do that, we have to contend with some angry PLA statement and an overflight from PLA jets. It doesn't sound to me as though they're particularly worried or afraid at this stage. And then finally, remember this. Taiwan was the unsinkable aircraft carrier for the Imperial Japanese Armed Forces. All the major invasions of southern China through Shanghai and elsewhere were launched from troops brought from Japan to assemble on Taiwan that then invaded China. China will never tolerate foreign forces in control of Taiwan. The Japanese know that and will never send Japanese forces there, even though they're very friendly with and do a land office business with Taiwan. Both, both China, South Korea, and Japan are all dependent upon the microchip industry in Taiwan. It's, it's a known fact. To a large extent, so are we. No one wants to interrupt that. No one wants to destroy that uh, manufacturing base. So the question is, what could trigger a war? What would provoke China to take action? And that's very easy to explain. The presence of U.S. forces in strength on Taiwan. Because their assumption is, if we bring forces, we plan to invade. And if we put missiles there, it's over. 
then China will level Taiwan if it has to, thinking that if they do not, they will be the victims of the United States as they were of Imperial Japan. And you have a similar obsession down in the South China Sea. The South China Sea was controlled for hundreds of years by the Royal Navy. They're not very happy to see the United States Navy control it, and they fear a potential blockade. And we're aggressive and hostile towards them. These so-called freedom of navigation operations, we're supposed to turn off all our radars. We're supposed to unload all of our guns. We frequently go blazing through there without doing those things. So, you know, the question is, who's provocative here? And the Chinese have never stopped a commercial vessel, any, because the Chinese are desperately dependent upon the Strait of Malacca. Why would they blockade it? Why would they stop commerce? And doesn't anyone think that the Vietnamese, and by the way, Vietnam has actually fortified and occupied more sandbars and turned them into islands than the PLA has from China. And guess what? Taiwan and mainland China both unanimously agree on all of the claims that are made by Beijing on territory and waters in the South China Sea. So for some reason, uh, we're content to let our friends in Taiwan make outrageous claims, but China has to be punished and defeated militarily for making the same ones. Has it not occurred to anyone that this is another regional matter that really doesn't concern us as long as commerce flows? What interest do we have in the South China Sea? Do we want the oil and gas or the mineral wealth? Not particularly. I mean, if they invite our oil companies in there, they'll be happy to drill for them and charge them accordingly. But the point is, our only real interest in the South China Sea and the Strait of Malacca is the same, commerce. We just want to be able to use it, get through it. Everybody does. So there's no in, there's no evidence that China wants to stop that. So I, 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 you know, I am baffled by all of that. Now, if you want to turn around and talk, start talking about other things we don't like about the Chinese, well, we can spend hours talking about that. All right, praise God. Now, you know, um, normally I don't, uh, but, uh, normally I don't have the time to run a uh, 18 minute segment like that. Um, but because uh, Joy and Zen, I'm not sure if Zen's going to be making it tonight or not. He might be, uh, but he is going to eventually join us again. Uh, it might, and it might be a show with just Joy. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. Um, but anyway, since they start at 9 p.m. East, uh, you know, Eastern time, um, that, gave, that gives me a little bit more time to be able to share something. And when I stumbled across this particular um, interview with Douglas McGregor that's entitled Not Good Strategy, um, uh, and I do believe it's on his own YouTube channel, um, then, uh, and I heard that they had covered pretty much just about the whole gamut of uh, war um, hot spots in the world and the logistics behind it. You know, why? Why? Why would they be doing this? Why would they be doing that? What makes sense? Because, you know, here's the thing. We have an awful lot of people out there, and the reason why I felt it was very, very a good thing to do, praise God, to take the time to listen to McGregor expound on all the sociopolitical and historical dynamics 
on these subjects, North Korea, Taiwan, China, Ukraine, Russian Federation, et cetera, et cetera. The reason that's important is because we've got a whole lot of people out there saying a whole lot of stuff. Some of them are Christian. Some of them aren't. Some of them are whatever. But this guy, I'm here to tell you, I, I guarantee it. What you just heard played on this program from that particular interview is fact. And I don't care who you may or may not have been listening to. If I were you, I'd flush that. I'd flush that right down into the sewer pipe. Because what you just heard is the history. It is the fact. It's how it works. It's what's going on. And you heard McGregor multiple times in his dialogue and explanation basically saying he couldn't understand why they would do that. It didn't matter who he was talking about. He, the the net end result would be eventually he would say, I don't understand why they would do that. The they's, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate. And the answer is, for both of the people involved in the interview, or the three that were involved in the interview process, is that I'm not saying they're godless people. That's not it. I'm saying that the Bible and understanding how the biblical end times timeline plays out is vital in being able to comprehend and analyze why. What is the, what's the reason? Why would they do that? And there is only one reason. And it's in the Holy Bible. And so we will forever either listen to, and this is overgeneralizing on purpose to make a point. We will forever owe either A, listen to a bunch of people that are completely, utterly misinformed and are in on the narrative for the global 2.0 forward motion strategy. Okay? The, the global satanic crime syndicate. All right? And they will be in on it to different degrees and different degrees of understanding, but it will still be lies. All right, then you will have the, um, the McGregors of the world, the Scott Ritters of the world, it's, and many, many others that are befuddled. They don't understand why. Why did these things happen? Why did, did, you know, did, you know all, all the questions that were raised on that, on that dialogue and the net end response was collectively, why? And there is no answer to the why. The, the best that McGregor could come up with was, well, the only thing I, could conf I, I can figure is that, it w that it's war, and you just never know what you're going to get when you're in war. You, and you, you end up with enemies that, you, that become your friends. And, you know, it, because he's befuddled. Nobody, not Scott Ritter, not McGregor, not any of them, not Judge Napolitano, none of the people that are analyzing the things that are going on in the world right now can understand why the things, why would they go down like this? Why would the United States destroy itself and Europe under a nonsensical pre pretense of, you know, standing behind the Ukraine when it's an unwinnable situation? And do every single prerequisite thing, as evil and sick and twisted as it was, in advance to cause it to happen in the first place? Why? Why? 
And the answer is, you see, now here's the, here's the talking heads answer. The talking heads answer is, there's many of them, but one of them that's very popular is, well, the United States believes that, you know, Russia is a threat. They always believe Russia, 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 Russia is a threat, threat, Russia, Russia, threat, threat. We got we to gotta get rid of Putin. We got to take Putin out. We got to put somebody else in power. We got to get rid of all that kind of stuff. No, that, that, that is absolutely false. They have no intention of taking – they want Putin to be successful. They want Putin to start World War III. They want these things to happen because it follows the biblical agenda. The people who are orchestrating the things that we see happening around us in the world right now, including Taiwan, North Korea, uh, the Ukraine, you name it have an agenda, and that agenda comes directly from the Holy Bible. That's why you have Soros's and stuff like this, and, and that other fellow that, that uh, McGregor mentioned that was a Jew that was putting these people, and, and he was befuddled. He's like, why would Jewish people put Nazis in control? Because they're Jews that are not Jews. Even some of the leading slaughtering murderers of the final solution during World War II that were on the cabinet of Hitler were Jews that were not Jews. All right, which is in Revelation. What I recommend is keeping it simple like Sister Joy does and not trying to figure out, because one of the mistakes that people make, which is a really bad mistake, is they go in and they, they think they've got it all figured out and they try to break it down into the individual tribes and then they'll say, oh, it's Dan and oh, it's this and oh, it's that and oh, it's that. But they, what they really don't understand is the intermingling and the movement of the various tribes of Israel over thousands of years of time and they intermingled they moved together they joined forces they went from the north they went to the south they got together new kingdoms were formed so you can't really just point to a particular tribe that's like saying all white people are this and all uh you know oriental people are that and all you know you no, know, you can't do that you can't do that. What you can do is point to the ethnicity of the groups like Dr. Joy does and put, put it up as a generalization, a warning. But we can easily see the Jews that are not Jews in play because, look, why would they? Look, Soros is persona non grata in Israel. Why? For all the right reasons. Okay, see, that's the thing. We have to use our common sense and be very careful because the last thing you want to do is make a statement that somebody out there who doesn't know any better that would cause them to become anti-Semitic. None of the countries that are in play out there right now are, there aren't, there's no one is good, no one is bad. No one is good. No one is bad. No one is good. No one is bad. You cannot point to any single country out of 195 major countries, 243 uh, major plus minor island nation countries. None of them. You cannot say that is a good godly country. You cannot say that. 
You can't say that about any of them. The two most judged countries in the entire world in the Holy Bible are Israel and the United States of Babylon the Great. And evangelical churchianity is out there jumping around for joy, telling everybody that the United States is loved by God and God is in great favor because we are friends with Israel. They are completely missing. What? I mean, how many books of the Bible are they missing? So just remember Hosea 2, verses 19, well, starting at verse 19. And there you see, prophetically speaking, God our Father speaking through Hosea, saying about Israel, I will betroth thee. So essentially, I liked how Chuck Misler used to put it. The bride of Jesus Christ are the Jews and the Gentiles that are made into one, neither man nor woman, Jew or Gentile. We are all part of the body of Christ. We are, whether we're grafted onto the olive tree or whatever the case may be, we're all one in Christ. So Chuck Misler used to tongue-in-cheek say that those who love Jesus are the bride of Jesus and the Jews are, or the Israelites are the bride of our heavenly father. Okay. Hosea two chapter, I'm sorry, verse 19, I will betroth thee. So you better watch your P's and Q's when you're out there, folks, because if you start saying stuff about the Jews that are not Jews, and, and you know, because we are commanded in the Scripture not to trip up our fellow brothers and sisters, and if the net end result, even if it was done out of innocence, is that people become anti-Semitic and start hating Israel, what you have done is you have, even if you didn't mean to, you have caused people to hate God's wife. I don't know about you, but that's some ground that this homie don't want to walk on. Really watch your step there. I do not talk much about it. I love that Joy just touches on the, uh, you know, the the, Kazakh, the Kazari and the um, Ashkenaz and et cetera, et cetera, and keeps it very high level because the truth of the matter is we don't know who's who, and if we pretend that we know who's who, then we're lying to ourselves because we don't have genetics on these people. It, it, you don't know. But what you can do is watch the fruit that's being bore on the tree. You can judge them by their fruit, as Jesus said. All right? And that's as far as it goes. Yes, there are some really bad, super evil Jews that are not Jews that are out there. But that is not a topic that I spend very much time on at all because it's dangerous. Because most people don't have the ability to reason their way through it. And it causes strife. And I, will, I personally want to be the last one in all the universes that ever says anything to upset our Heavenly Father. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, on that note, we're about 10 minutes out to do the rest of the news. Let's go ahead and hit it.
Glory to God. And here we go. Uh, No, I'll probably dork this up. I'm just going to say Bolsonaro. Supporters stormed the Brazilian government building. So they're basically having their own version of January 6th, except the only difference is it's not a false flag like ours was. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, they're still pretty doggone upset about the uh, what they believe was being defrauded in their elections. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Armed Forces Press. According to the Armed Forces Press, and they call it a breaking news release, is in the headline. It says, Department of Defense controlled COVID vaccines from the start under national security, uh, from, from the start under national security program, lied the entire time. We're never, all capital letters, quote, safe and effective. Now, that's really, really ultra fascinating because this is, com- this is being released from a widely read military magazine source. And uh, wow, uh, very, very impeaching. I mean, this is, but What's amazing is you would think sooner or later somebody would slap the gavel and say, enough! But that is exactly the opposite of what's happening. Why is that, Brother Glenn Beck? Can you tell us? Nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a thing anymore. (laughs) Boy, are you right. All right, next one up. All right, United States healthcare workers are still facing jabber job ultimatums. As the critical storage uh, shortage of nurses in the United States continues to climb, hospitals are still firing registered nurses who are refusing to get the COVID vaccines, even in red states like Florida that passed legislation against jab or job ultimatums. And and what and you might say, oh, naughty naughty Florida. No, what it is is it's these corporations, these health corporations, own multiple health systems across the entire country, and they're they're just like we don't give a rip what DeSantis says. We're going to do whatever we want to do. We're going to do, and see the thing is they've drank the Kool Aid. The, the, these these hospital administrators and people that are in charge of these hospital uh, healthcare systems like Anthem and United Health and Cigna and all these monster companies that gobble up all the other ones, they actually believe the Kool-Aid. They believe it. They they believe it. And therein lies so the the federal the federal lawsuits and fights will continue on probably as long as we're here and until the rapture. Praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. United States military doctor testifies that she was ordered to cover up vaccine injuries. Hmm. Okay, so again, uh, it's around and around and around it goes, and where it stops, nobody knows. So in this particular, uh, this is Dr. Teresa Long, who's a medical officer with the United States military, and she is testifying uh, in a superior court uh, that essentially she was told, shut up, cover up. Cover up, shut up. Don't say a word. Let people die. And, you know, to us, it's kind of like, you know. You're good. (laughs) Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. But, you know, it's still going on, probably never end. World Health Organization says anti-vaccine activism is deadlier than global terrorism. So in the midst of 
what is it now? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of reports from from untold innumerable number of people and countries and experts, and they're still coming out and telling everybody that if you say anything bad about the vaccine, you're a terrorist. I'm like, yeah? Okay, well, whatever. All right, next one up. Now we are at currently, uh, well, according to this, it says uh, March 20. 21 to June 2022, more than 1,000 athletes have collapsed, are dying with heart problems and clots due to the injection. All right, praise God. Next one up. George Soros doubles funding to group working to make the Supreme Court an arm of the leftist establishment. Oh, says the hard left controls the executive branch and the Senate, and after the McCarthy imbroglio, it may end up controlling the House as well. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Why do you think I threw a fit? Because Trump was telling them all to just go ahead and let McCarthy do his thing. If you understand how the House works, how bills work, how the gavel works, and the entire process of, and the flow, the workflow that everything has to go through, it, McCarthy's compromised. He's compromised. So everything's shut down. So keep your eyes on everything else but the United States government because guess what? It's gone. The government is gone. Next one up. Thousands of Israelis protest against Netanyahu's new government. All right. So, again, um, and, you know, I'm looking at signs right now that they're holding up in the crowd. It says biblical disaster. Uh, And, again, you'll never be able to sort out all the confusion that's associated with the belief systems that are It's It's like... uh, I don't know. It's it's like a chef salad. <laughs> like there's a gazillion different beliefs in in you know they don't all believe the same way. Not even the Jews, and it's just very difficult to get your arms around why one is liked and another isn't liked, and blah 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 blah. But anyway, that's the that's the current uh, narrative and trend that is taking place right now with Netanyahu forming the new government. Next one up. Uh, the Finnish people are stockpiling firewood, according to Reuters, and this is for, you know, this winter that's, that they believe is going to go on and get worse and worse and worse over the next several months. Uh, and also because of the lack of power uh, of uh, liquid natural gas because of the United States of Babylon the Great blowing up the two pipelines coming in from Russia. Uh Oh, well, anyway, I've talked about that a gazillion times. I'm not going to keep on harping on it. It it is what it is. We'll just have to watch and see what happens. And and, and you know what? There may be – people might come to the rescue, you know? Countries may come to the rescue. I know Russia's been trying to come to the rescue. But, you know, leave it to the entity that refers to itself as Biden for uh, doing everything that it can possibly do to stop that. Next one up. Russia's special operation in Ukraine. More information. Russian uh, special op, world's most powerful mortar, wipes out Ukrainian army targets, according to this video. So basically what they're doing now, <coughs> excuse me, still got a little bit of that going on. So to give you this short, the, instead of the long version, yes, we have, uh, you know, a lot of United States military equipment that is moving over in that direction. 
but as promised, I'm giving you the ultra short version. Russia, the Russian Federation made it very clear that on their next offensive, we are going to see weaponry that we have never seen before. Just take that to heart because I can guarantee you that's a fact. All right, praise God. Next one up. The United States doesn't want peace in Ukraine as it is currently sending Bradley fighting vehicles over there. But in reality, if you know what the actual count is, it's all it is is it's a target. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even going to get it. Okay, next one up. Erdogan is in deep trouble. This is his ruthless survival plan. So in this particular uh, uh, opinion uh, uh, article, it talks about Turkey's economy is crashing, Erdogan's popularity is declining, uh, and the president uh, has uniquely powerful tools to ensure that he wins the next election. Hey, I think we have some of those tools over here, too. Hmm, that's interesting. More than 600 Ukrainian troops have been killed in a retaliation, retaliatory operation, according to Moscow. And uh, long story short, there was a thing over Christmas. You got the Orthodox Christmas, which is currently going on a little bit now, coming to an end, uh, you know, uh, that is uh, big in Russia. Uh, and, and long story short, there was about 89 uh, Russian military personnel that were killed uh, by a Ukrainian attack from HIMARS. Uh, the HIMARS systems are extremely difficult to target. Very, very, they are United States equipment. It's totally U.S. Um, we gave it to them, and they are, they hide them. They're super easy to hide, and they're extremely hard for them to see them from the air, even with satellite imagery and everything. All right, plus, they're also highly mobile. So right after they launch like six or seven rockets, they can pack them up and move them out. And again, they're very, very hard, hard to target. Well, essentially, 89 people were killed uh, over the holidays uh, by a HIMAR system. Uh, much fuss about that. Much claims, many claims, finger pointing, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, that's not – when the numbers finally get – when the numbers all shake out, folks – those 89, as sad as this is, that anybody's going to have to die like this, when those numbers shake out at the end, that 89 ain't going to seem like nothing. And don't even get me going on what's going to be happening in the next couple of months. Next one up. Breitbart, Macron, Macron sends first Western tanks to Ukraine, followed by the United States and Germany. So they're all handshaking, patting each other on the back, blah, blah, blah. Let's drag this on some more. But, you know, it's round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Next one up. Hundreds of American troops are in the Ukraine, according to Lavrov. So they've been tracking the troop movements, and now it is no longer... Hey, is the American are the Americans going to send? I mean, I know there's a lot of them over in Poland, and we got the first airborne and all this other stuff. And no, 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 it's all done. It's over. We're we're already we already got troops, lots of them. Now I've known this for quite some time because I watch Telegram and I watch the Chechnyans moving in and pulling the actual uh, United States military. Um, uh, you know, uh, in, it's the ID. 
you know, the military ID and stuff. And I, I've been watching it for years now. Well, over over the course of the last year. All right. And another headline. Putin sends a warship armed with hypersonic missile, missiles to the Atlantic and the Indian Oceans. All right. Praise God. And also be advised, the third seal continues to roll out painfully slow for all of us. And uh, uh, Amazon's laying off 17, uh, 18,000 jobs also. Uh, Bed Bath & Beyond is telling people that they're pretty sure they're going to uh, go ahead and uh, file bank bankruptcy so they're collapsing right now um uh, and uh so again uh, things are not getting better folks things are getting worse we've still got uh uh cyclones uh weather situations uh, flooding over in northwestern australia that has absolutely set records and you would be like no way because they if you know anything about the flooding over there to set a record there is saying a lot okay you've got um uh lots of drone activities drones taking down drones a lot of movement of drones all around the korean uh, peninsula areas so there's a lot of activity there so again and folks, keep your minds uh, stayed on things above and not on things of this world. Get closer to Jesus. The things are moving forward. Nowhere near as fast as we thought. Heads down, prayers up. And on that note, let's bring on Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh and, I don't know, maybe even Zen. We'll see if he joins. And here we go. saw a communication fly past my phone that Zen might be joining us tonight. Zen, are you there? I'm here, brother. How are you? Hey, your audio's a little bit low, but brother, let me tell you what, it's good to hear your voice. I'm, I'm really glad you're able to join us. Um, and let me bring on Joy real quick, too. Here we go. Joy, are you there? Yes. Hi, John. Hey, how's it going? All good? Good, hey, Dr. good. Joy. Yes, looking forward. Hey, Zen, we have missed you so much. So glad to have you back with us tonight. Yeah, I'm glad to have situation resolved here, and so I should be able to join uh, ongoing. And I'm grateful to be here with both of you, and uh, excited. Yeah, excited to to continue on as we used to. Well, on on that note. Um, and because, you know, you are back and um, so much has happened, as you know, um, why don't we just mm -hmm. go ahead and kind of flip the mic over to you and let you uh, kind of catch people up on some of your thoughts uh, in regard to the... Wow, this big portfolio of ugly that's been swirling around the world um, uh, over the last few months. And uh, I'll just turn the mic over to you and let you go ahead and uh, as you feel led. Sure. Well, everybody is sensing, uh, and now you can see the concern uh, for people and with everything, you know, kind of just disintegrating, uh, dismantling and forced change being brought upon everybody, even Americans, you know, here uh, we're feeling. Um, and a lot of people are realizing that something's amiss, something's up, and that maybe their priorities and the things that they – 
considered uh, fun and entertaining in their lives that maybe that's not so satisfactory anymore. And so it's my opinion, people are being led to seek something deeper and to want to know more about what's really going on in the world. And the the other side of it is that Legion is becoming more apparent and the forces of darkness. And when I say um, like a lot of bleed over, the spiritual worlds are colliding with the the material and people are experiencing, seeing, feeling, and encountering things that are occultic in nature. And there's this other movement of what can only be said as the return of the elder gods, which we know are nothing but the fallen angels. But there is a a movement for a lot of the people that are lost that have been led astray and deceived that we know the ancient serpent is working deeply uh, in the world and has for a very long time distracted people from the true faith and from knowledge of what's going on. And because so many now are looking into and uh, trying to make sense of the antediluvian world, the pre-flood, the pre-Adamite world, and what they see as so many ancient discoveries now being found all over the world. Um, Cities, uh, permafrost now retreating, and cities and ruins being discovered. and, And these things, even in the state that they are in, they survive um, in better shape than, you know, anything that we could do in this day and age. And so there's an obvious understanding that we have not been told the truth of the ancient times either. Uh, Because if we're not able to replicate what is being discovered and what has been seen, then you know, the whole idea of that we've evolved from apes and that uh, humanity has slowly uh, elevated themselves in mind and technology and capacity over years and generations, that just does not make sense with all that is being discovered and all that is being seen. And there's so many ancient discoveries and so many things Everywhere. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. And again, these things are not explained by the mainstream churches and faiths and uh, those things that people, those that have been put into position to try to explain and make sense of, you know, everything that people are uh, seeing and discovering. People want answers. And especially the younger generation, they are not satisfied with just being lost anymore. And they really do want direction. And so um, I'm not sure if this is, well, I feel pretty certain that this is your experience as well, that people 
are reaching out, others that maybe never would have before, that you know never would have even thought about or spoke about these kind of things, but yet, you know, again, there there is interest to know, and there's interest uh, for the work that we've been doing for so very long now, and so people are more open. They have a willingness to to listen more instead of just trying to um, tell you or explain to you things that they think they know uh, when they might not yet have understanding. And so there's uh, people are emailing us and asking us about deeper things and even the AMAs that we do, the Ask Me Anythings uh, and Dr. Joy does uh, one a month as well um, with my children, there's more community joining, there's more interaction and so there's a growing movement of interest in the the word and the truth, the riddle of the gospel and it's a beautiful thing to see, um, but certainly the hour is late. And as we saw with the C-19 and uh, all the things that have been propagated and uh, brought forth to push a certain agenda over the years, that it is, and especially with the economic crisis and the collapse and you know, destruction of the um, the middle class and independent business and all of that, it, it's forced uh, people to reconsider their priorities uh, because they're no longer able to comfortably make it and to comfortably live out the lives that, that um, you know, pleasantly entertain them uh, all these years. And with that, um, there's more question, more inquiry, um, more seeking. And so I think that, you know, that is driving people to consider the work that we're done, we've done and also to look for others. And, I, and another beautiful thing as well is that there are people standing for the truth all over the world that are beginning their own podcasts, you know, beginning their own broadcasts, uh, inviting others to come on, to join, developing their own communities, uh, seekers. And there's a discontent with just in the churches, the mainstream opinion of, well, that's just the way it is, you know, that uh, we don't have the answer and we're not even going to, entertain it and um, bringing up truth uh, in a manner that's not understood is uncomfortable for a lot of people, especially if they are considered to be the leaders of what should be interpretation and understanding of the word. Uh, And so this kind of division is calling people to come out of her, my people, and to leave um, what are the, the majority uh, churches and mainstream 
organizations, those that have controlled the masses and controlled the dialogue. And so um, I see a blooming and awakening of knowledge, just like the most I said that there would be a, a season where the spirit would be poured out on all flesh and the mysteries that have been hidden, um, Christ said, and I will utter secrets that have been kept since the foundations of the world. Uh, I think that we are part of the legacy of that truth coming forth. We're inheriting um, teachings, especially with the, the Thracian Chronicles and the Thracian Epistles. And I know this is a subject that a lot of people are still mostly unfamiliar but my involvement with it. Uh, Sorry about that. I was uh, hunting for okay. something because I wanted to uh, seg- I wanted to uh, share it with the listeners with, with, because yeah. it's directly related to what you were saying. And unfortunately, it had some kind of autoplay, which I just I hate that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it took over my system and, and went over to the top of you. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Keep going, please. Uh, it's all good. No no worries. Uh, and I'll, I'll stop here in just a short minute. I just wanted to, um, you know, catch people up. And it has been a while since I've been here with your listening audience. And so I'm glad to, to share, you know, as far as where I am and what I'm seeing. And so... The the Thracian material, just the reason it's so important is because it shows that the the faith and the ideology uh, of the sons of Adam, uh, how it was carried over uh, on the ark and passed down and also hidden by the sons of Noah and that this legacy was um, dug up and that the word of the Lord, the Lamb of God, had led uh, Orphi, who was a Thracian priest-king, to the rediscovery of it and to be able to understand, to read it in his, um, in what was the tongue of his ancestors, in the same way that Abraham was in uh, chapter 12 of Jubilees. And that bringing forth this knowledge to us now, it's confirming especially a lot of the work that Dr. Joy and I have done in regard to the enmity between the seed line um, and how this war uh, is, you know, a consequence of the war in heaven. Uh, it's ongoing here on the earth and continues unabated even unto this day. And that the elite sitting on the thrones of the world, they are the physical progeny of the devil and that they are organized in evil to such a degree that they are attempting to murder the masses and to slaughter the innocents. And that places all of us at risk. And unless you understand and know about these things, um, what's going on in the world simply just will not make sense to you. And the prevalence of evil in this time, how everything uh, good has been turned upside down, and evil is now called good, and good called evil. Um, the persecution of the saints, uh, the attack uh, on Christians and patriots. Um, you know, we would be hated for his namesake. This is all true, and it's all apparent. It's all coming forth uh, now. 
uh, as we live it. Yes, and um, <clears throat> um, so uh, so the segue, or not the segue, but the merger of thought that I wanted to th- you know toss on you know uh, and intermingle with with what you just said, Zen, uh, is uh, earlier uh, you know there was I did a little bit of uh, I played some uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor information regarding what's going on over in Taiwan, what's going on over in the Ukraine, what's going on with the, why is the United States doing the things that it's doing? It's just destroying the United States. It's destroying the West. You know right. yada yada yada, and, and they can't figure it out. And I and I said the reason why they can't figure it out. I thought I, I you know I said my disclaimer is I don't know if they're Christians or not. That's irrelevant. As a matter of fact, the vast majority of evangelical Christianity is they're still sitting around waiting for a temp, temple to be created. Okay, you know, and they and they'll they'll sit there on their hands until a temple is created in Israel. And and so anyway, you know, so their their, their brains are shut off. They're not really thinking through it. But but without understanding the Bible and what it what the Bible says is going to be happening during World War III, during the Day of the Lord, et cetera, et cetera. You can't look at the things that are happening across the world right now and make any sense out of it at all. You can't understand. Uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor was befuddled. He couldn't understand why George Soros, who was a Jew, would spend so much money on the Azov Battalion and 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 want them to murder and slaughter uh, as Nazis, um, you know, uh, people. He couldn't understand. Well, 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 he doesn't understand the Jews that aren't Jews. I was talking about, you know, how Joy had, uh, you know, uh-huh. has expertise with Kazaris and uh, Ashkenaz and all right. that. Um, but anyway. But that's not that's not even that's the tip of the iceberg. Zen, to your point, to what you're doing, to your work, to the work of joy over all of these years. Think about this. Right now, one of the most popular documentary series on Netflix is called Ancient Apocalypse, and it's hosted by Graham Hancock. Okay, and it is basically uh, uh, ancient aliens on steroids. And he's going in and ripping up everything, all the ancient artifacts, all the ancient, um, all, all, all the, the, the Noxa lines, the, the, uh, the uh, building of the pyramids, every single, all the, all the pyramids and stuff that are still hidden and being uh, unearthed by imagery, uh, satellite imagery and special equipment right now in South America. And he's explaining it in the context of an earth that's billions of years old and that these things are nothing new they've been happening for a long time okay and you know of course he can't stitch together the it, it, the way that we do but he is he at least opens the door which i think is a beautiful thing and makes people say hey you know what I mean? That's that, and when the, yes. when people say "Hey" and they start asking questions, that's when God puts Joy's feet on holy ground, your feet on holy ground. This is this day and age that we are in currently is the day and age that God called us to be a part of, because the the I, I'm not picking on them, but I'm just just. To, for a term, I don't have a better term, the newbies that are getting involved in this information flow through their various, you know, media methods, they 
get the fact that there are issues. They, 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 they're they confused. They don't understand how this is going to work. This doesn't plug together right. This person says that. That person says this. What's the answer? I don't know. They come up, and a lot of times their conclusions are incorrect, and then they get blessed because they bring on Brother Zen yes. or, or Joy or whatever, to fill in the blank and to stitch it together. So now, suddenly, because if you take Jesus, if you take the universes, if you take the dimensions, if you take the trillions of life forms, if you take Jesus as God uh, over all these things, and he, and he and the Father being one as part of the Godhead, if you take away the Luciferian rebellion and the angel wars, if you take all those things out... Those people are going to be lost. They need that information to be able to stitch it all together so it makes sense. And there's very few who are out there that can do that. You know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed. Yes, agreed. Praise God. Um, You're right. A lot are confused. And that's why it's so important that they be given true guidance. It, yeah, some you know they maybe not a hundred percent are going to latch on to it, but you know even if it's twenty five or thirty or forty percent, and it, you know because all you got to do is get the hook in, you know we're fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Once the hook's in, man, it's it's just a matter of time before they, you know, find their way to the King of Kings. Praise God, Sister Joy. Do you, did you want to chip in on this? I'm sure you do. Uh, I just turned on your mic, oh, on, yes. okay. Okay. Go for it. Uh, yes, everything that uh, Zen is talking about is very much what we have been discussing for a very, very long time and uh, incorporates all the things and all the subjects and all the fields of the subjects that I've used to do the research that I've done for now many, many, many years. The thing that's uh, most amazing to me is when I see these um, new age guys coming up from a, another aspect to try to prove what really is happening on the earth. I mean, they... They're having to acknowledge that there are pyramids, that there are these strange and unusual things that's being discovered because of like uh, what Zen was talking about. I mean, the fact that we've lost so much water, even in the Euphrates, they're uncovering things. There's some things that were uncovered, you know, in the Mississippi River that people didn't realize was there. So the more that water recedes, you tend to find many things that were of the ancient world that were mentioned even in biblical times that are now coming to light in the Mount of archaeological discoveries that we've seen across the world, including over in the Holy Lands and places like that where people once said those particular cities that were mentioned in biblical scripture were in fact not not there and made up and mythological and those kinds of things. We know we have proof of it, and they can't continue to hide behind a science that can deter people away from the truth. And so they're having to redesign their uh, attack. And when I see people going back and trying to say, you know, this is millions of years old and and that we've been here for millions and millions of years, we, we, we know that the earth was here in a generational state because it says that when these are the generations of the earth. I mean, in the first part of Genesis there, it's very clear to us that there were some things that did occur and that even in the male and female that was created in Genesis 1, it is told to them to replenish the earth. That is not Adam and Eve. So there, there's a lot of things that has happened. But the thing that's most important that I see is that there's a lot of stretching 
of uh, new age ideas to try to um, pin these things more into a direction. Unfortunately, like I see things like done on the History Channel, where they've got an end game of trying to make it look like that the soon-to-be-revealed aliens that supposedly be our space brothers and that we were welcome to this planet will be here to help us and to teach us because, as we know, we have these particular uh, unified, uh, unidentified aerial phenomena instead of the UFO, they call it UAP now, that is escalating. And we've got all the military people all over the world who are very aware that we've got a situation that we can't handle. And the more that it becomes knowledge, common knowledge, that there are things flying around in our atmosphere that are increasing daily, and far exceed the capabilities that we know in our military, uh, that we know quite well, that if our uh, adversaries had that technique of what we're seeing being given to the, you know, the Pentagon and, and the people working, especially in the United States, that are having to report to our Congress and Senate groups, if that is a type of propulsion that clearly the uh, defense intelligence people are saying we don't have and that none of our allies and our adversaries clearly they think do not have it if that be the case if they did have it knowing the situation with what you've talked about tonight john before we came on you've got russia over there in ukraine doing its thing if do you think if moscow had any capability of what we clearly can see from the uh the footage that's been released by um, the UFO investigations for the United States, if, if, if that was Moscow and that was Putin behind that, that would be ruling the world right now. In other words, Ukraine would be a joke. And the same thing if it was the Chinese uh, and thinking about taking Taiwan, really, and, and playing war games and showing up out there on the seas and, and putting things up in the air, or even the guy with uh, North Korea, if he was to decide that he wanted to show his power, if any of those people had that technology, this wouldn't be a little game of here, here and there of war crimes and war games and just picking here and there to make something happen in this world that could be completely stopped with that technology. So the fact that all the countries in the world have developed task force to try to identify what these things are tells us that we are being inundated on a daily basis with something that is not uh, common knowledge in our militaries around the world. Not just the United States. We're talking about around the world. So there has to be the people that are here that are part of this entire group that have part of the serpent lineage that we have tried so desperately to teach people about because it's the only thing that makes sense. If you think we're all here and there's no difference in the people that are here, then you don't get what's going to happen to this world because the terrors, the serpent lineage, are going to welcome those space brothers, like Zen was saying, that are not space brothers. They are fallen angels. They have been with us for a very, very long time, but the abyss has been open. And I'm not so sure from the research that I have been doing uh, for quite some time on CERN makes me aware that when we, we see the spiral um, 
um, beams that they put up into the atmosphere and how they pierce the veil. I always said that once we got to the point of unified field theory, and I wrote about that years ago, uh, even in my updated book, Eating the Knowledge of Good and Evil 666, and the Beguile series, that, you know, Albert Einstein said, once you come to the knowledge of a common denominator between the fields like gravity and things of light and sound and all that kind of stuff, if you get that common denominator and you can pierce that veil, then the people who are able to do that actually have the power of maybe God-like power. And they were looking for the God particle. But it seems like since CERN started doing this kind of work, and we know they kind of shut down and then they came back recently and did some more things, it's interesting to me. We don't ever really get the whole truth of the matter about any of that information. And so because I'm working on this work that I'm doing now in regard to frequency, I find that any time you look at this electromagnetic change in frequency, it tends to change the vibrational pattern of everything on this planet. So somebody much smarter than what we are as humans is playing a game with humanity. And it's something that we will not be able to stop or change or or get involved with and say we can, let's say, use our Star Wars defense systems. I mean, those were things that, you know, we talked about a long time ago, maybe even being able to stop an asteroid coming in. But we're looking at these things flying around. It's not something that you can clearly stop the attack from. And if it's being uh, utilized in some type of wavelength, and we, we know with our light uh, capability that our eyes can only see in a certain wavelength, you know, we can't see in infrared and we can't see in ultraviolet, but yet when you start looking at things in ultraviolet, you see all these things flying around in our areas of the sky. And so there's something here with us, it's been, like I say, it's been with us, but it's been maybe kept a little quieter because the time was not right. But now the time is right. And the moment that I believe that we stepped into the tribulation period, then we started seeing these things start manifesting, and the abyss will be open, and these things will start showing themselves, which clearly has started happening. The fact that when I was doing some research and looking at how this vibratory patterns and the vibratory states of our bodies, are because they're electric, and how light and sound really does affect us, and that it can produce harmony or disharmony in our human body, depending on the frequency that it's receiving from the environment. I think that's how they've been playing games right now with mob mentality and causing um, people to do really crazy and strange things. And many people have talked about that they'll be really tired, they're not focused, they'll feel like they're stressed beyond words, they can't... Um, sit down and carry on normal conversations. They feel like their families are falling apart, and clearly they are. Families are falling apart. Children are not having the responsibilities that they once had. There's a separation between that element of what is God, because God created the family unit, seed time and harvest, and, and the cycle of life is being totally disrupted. And I think that when I have looked at this and the fact that our DNA has its own particular frequency where it is our fingerprint, there is evidence in what I'm finding is that the soul actually is an interface with our physical body through the frequency with our DNA. So if you look at the human body that's made up of a physical body, a spiritual body, and a soul, 
it looks to me like that there is a fact that why the, the things like Neuralink and Starlink with this brain and computer interface are becoming so important with artificial intelligence and pushing us toward transhumanism that we're just on that, that cutting edge of the horizon that's going to be able to connect the minds of people through this technology. And if you start looking at it, that if this light, sound, and just touch can lead to like a mental telepathy and like become our only mode of communication where you're hearing everything in your head without even having to open your mouth, that means we have changed from being human to transhuman. And anytime we look at manipulating the body's biofuel, you're, you're setting up a kind, of, kind of like a dimensional port, kind of portal. Uh, where you can actually affect anybody's DNA because, again, your DNA is vibrating at a different frequency than anybody else's. So if they were able to walk on to that frequency and your DNA could receive coding internally and get a vibra- operational signal, you cannot biologically stop that. Uh, and so I'm thinking that from what it looks like to me is that the mark of the beast that's definitely coming down the pike is probably going to be something that you cannot run from, you cannot hide, but it is going to be your choice. But if your DNA is like a template of like crystals that allow you to be connected, just like we connect smartphones and computers to the um, the towers that are all around us uh, that are cell towers, then you can clearly see that this DNA resonance and signaling transmissions that are going to make us transhuman is a part of the process. But how do we get there? You know, what is what, what are they after? Well, I think that they're trying to change the light frequencies and how it affects our DNA and our communication with God because they really want us back to the Tower of Babel where they control us like robots. So we, we've got to go to that area of control, and I think that's why you're seeing people – uh, acting funny, acting strange, uh, feeling the way that they feel physically. We're seeing a lot of people dying, uh, just falling over dead at certain ages and no rhyme or reason. And we can connect all of that back to some of the other strange pharmacia and sor- sorcery that's been played upon mankind in the last couple of years with the plagues. So if I if I would to tell anyone, I would say that your mind, like I've always said, was was actually going to be Satan's final uh, battle ground for the mind, and once he got it, he carried humanity back to the Tower of Babel, connect you up just like the um, you know the queen bee does to the worker bees in a hive. And when I was doing some of the research, I found that, and I was not aware that the Rockefeller Foundation actually was involved in changing the frequency of music, and they changed it from a 432 hertz to a 440 hertz. And you think, well, that's not anything. But what happens is when you change it to that, it changes your consciousness. It actually kind of suppresses it. So um, the fact that there's uh, been some underground temples that have been found that tend to vibrate at sounds at 111 hertz, and there's some people that believe that has something to do with being able to uh, harmonically do something into cancer, and then the fact that you've got um, the music that we listen to and that we hear on TV or the lights on TV or the light settings on certain things, that there's certain things that are going to be able to affect your uh, bodily organs and mainly your brain. So when you start disconnecting people 
uh, from their heart and brain, you're going to start seeing less empathy, less going to church, uh, less seeking of um, compassion. And I think that's one of the things that I said that would be the big thing that would bring the uh, man of lawlessness to be over the world would be the fact that people would become uh, connected to the spirit of Cain. And the spirit of Cain is definitely a selfish thing because when God approached him about where his brother Abel was and Abel's blood was clearly crying up from the ground, well, how could it do that? Because his DNA was resonating from the ground. I mean, it's something that God knows everybody's number of hairs on their head. He knows everything about you because he has your connection to your resonance. He's connected to you. And so when he went to uh, Cain and asked him where his brother was, he really wanted to see was Cain going to tell him the truth because he knew the truth. Why did he have to ask Cain? He asked Cain because he knew that Cain was of his father, the devil, and that he literally was going to lie to him, which he did. And then he turned around to God and told God, am I my brother's keeper? No, he wasn't even concerned with it. So what are we seeing today? Nobody is really their brother's keeper. And what I see is a lot of people running around disconnected from their families and, you know, they're doing crazy things, selfish things, and it's all about me, 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 and it's nothing connected to love of thy brother. So Satan has, I think, been bombarding us with a lot of technology and a lot of things that has to do with sound. And I will go back and say what you were talking about with the, the, the uh, discoveries, so-called now, that they're talking about the different pyramids and stuff. All of those things are connected to telluric energy, which is earth currents, that I have always said all those stone monuments are giving off electrofrequency uh, and magnetic frequency that is affecting earth. Our bodies are tuning forks. The more that we're inundated with this, the more we will begin to tune to their, you know, uh, process, just like worker bees do. They can tune us like that, run us around in craziness and whatever. And anybody knows that when the queen dies, the worker bees go nuts. So the way that they are controlling us now is starting to do more and more on this frequency work all around us. And it's something that we can't see. So you can't really hide from it. I mean, we cannot see uh, electromagnetic waves. They're everywhere. But you can't be, you're not able to be protected from it. And the fact that you're attuning for it and the fact that your pineal gland in your head is receiving, transmitting and receiving, there's no way to get away from it. So that's why it will be so easy to say to people once this digital currency comes into play, and we're already, you know, uh, they're, they're, they started uh, the process of, of testing the digital dollar, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So they're getting ready to start putting us under digital currency. The moment they do that, they're going to say, walk down to the uh, probably the courthouse somewhere, and you've got a choice. You want the mark of the beast, and you can use your money, or you want the guillotine over there and die. It's your choice. They're not going to force it on you. They can't. It is your choice. But it's going to happen. So all of these things are heading and pushing us directly in to the end of days, and it's following Everything that biblical scripture has told us, John, we are headed in that direction. And it's like a woman travail. These things have been slowly coming to pass that we've been talking about for a long time. But like a woman, when she gets in that final month before that birth, it's bam, 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 bam. The next things will start getting faster and faster and will be locked in so fast that if you're not aware of what's happening to you 
and you choose to follow in the footsteps of where this uh, satanic idea of having a mark of the beast and getting you into transhumanism and a future that you think you can live forever by what they're promising, let me say, you need to get your Bible down right now, and you need to start reading clearly what Scripture is telling you. You ever take that mark of the beast, you have cut yourself off, you are a transhuman, you're no longer human, and you will never see the gates of paradise once you do that. Yeah, yeah, that's um that that is uh it, it's it's kind of a scary thing in the sense that we, you know, we only have so much time to be able to reach out and the ones that seem to be more vulnerable the most, I'll say the most vulnerable other than the un, the, the flat out unbelievers are the new agers. And what's so cool and awesome about the new age belief system is that you know if we can get a hold of them bringing them around because they have missing links they have things that they don't understand you know their excuse for all things is their intergalactic friends and family plan you if if you just (laughs) add jesus and our father to their intergalactic friends and family plan they go like they have an aha moment because you can say to a person pretty easily and if the person doesn't respond to this then there's not a lot of hope for him but you just say to him hey let's just pretend that there was a big bang well who created the first gas molecule that you know because man you know mankind cannot conceive of existence without a point of origin so i don't care how many big flashy light 26 mile wide spaceships you parade around in front of me at the end of the day you can't you cannot make the argument that you are our creator because the concept of our existence without a point of origin is impossible so my question to you mr space martian dude is who created you (laughs) All right. Amen. And you know what? You shut you shut their experience. The whole conversation is shut down. They'll probably just shoot me with a laser beam and shut me up. But whatever. But anyway, um, shut that guy up. You know, quick, quick, making me quiet. Uh, But anyway, um, Zen, did you want to jump in and comment on this? Yeah. um, Yeah, that that is the question, isn't it? Uh, yeah, who created you? And we see also that in the scriptures that uh, the Most High, the true Godhead, is beyond creating. They were the ones that are the creators and created everything, manifest all things, and control life and death, and are able to bring forth everything from nothing if that was so the desire but they are the fabric of everything the most high is everything that's the beautiful component uh, of the true godhead is that he is found in our hearts in our minds and the spirit the breath within us uh, is the incredible unfathomable thought of what is God you know inherently we are predisposed with 
a, a, a want and a desire to understand the creation and the creator. And these things are outside and beyond anything that uh, was manifest or brought into being. The angels that claim to be gods and act like they are gods, you know, they're created beings in much the same way that we are. And so, yeah, that's the question. Who created you? And so, um, and that's the thing also with regard to the whole New Age and, you know, the idea that uh, they try to perpetuate the Great White Brotherhood, the Ascended Masters, and that the aliens are coming to save us from ourselves. Um, that this is not the reality of Scripture as it, uh, as, you know, prophecy and what is laid out. And so while people might have that whole uh, beautiful dream in their head, that's not the reality of what we are going to be dealing with or what we are dealing with even now. And, uh, you know, they're not coming to reign in this great golden age um, because things are going to get horrible here until the true Messiah comes and then restores and uh, brings back to harmony those things that should have been. Um, but, yeah, even with what you were saying, Dr. Joy, with all the the pharmacia and with all of the uh, people just having problems functioning, just not being able to deal with life um, and to survive in this world, there's a lot of struggle. And a lot of, uh, because of that struggle, a lot of contemplation and a lot of uh, introspection into, uh, you know, again, they're seeking answers. People want to know the truth. And they're seeing the the weirdness, the esoteria uh, of everything coming forth from all angles um, in so many different ways. And these are occultic realities that so many people deny. But like the New World Order, you, you, you have to uh, deal with it. And you have to try to make sense of it and um, for a lot of people that is also scaring them into you know trying to to make sense of it but the other thing with the uh, Graham Hancock and his work on what the ancient what's the the ancient apocalypses or whatever uh, John was mentioning there's a lot of there's a lot of that happening you know, people from mm-hmm. all over the world, Brian Forrester, looking into uh, things because there's so much coming to light. And um, as Dr. Joy was saying, with you know, ancient discoveries everywhere now being manifest, the permafrost, you know, um, disappearing and things coming forth. I mean, there, there's so much; it's almost overwhelming. And so, whether people those that have been denying and uh, hiding and not wanting to contend or or deal with these realities, um, you can't ignore it forever. And you have to consider it in mind and how it comes together with 
everything else. And this is something that very few few people can help you to understand and make sense of. And because of that, um, I do think that the Most High, when they truly seek and when they have a heart that favors the truth and that they are seeking also relationship with the Most High in a way that so much of the world is refusing and ignoring and unwilling to do, that then they'll be brought to the truth. And then they'll understand uh, how, you know, the Godhead preexisted all things and how the angels rebelled against the Most High, uh, how these angels are the the fallen ones, the demons, uh, the ancient aliens, and that whole presence, uh, the ancient pantheon of gods and goddesses, the worship of the seraphim angels, um, the you know the feathered serpent and antediluvian times, all these things will then start to fall into place, and then the the bigger jigsaw puzzle of truth uh, being revealed. That's when people are absolutely mind blown, and that's also when they're brought in humbleness before the majesty, the omnipotence of the Most High, and that's when they're able to grasp just how grand the story of the fall of humanity and our place within all of this um, being able to put together the pieces that explain from the you know the end and the beginning and how all these things are connected uh, that's when you know people truly come to to faith and uh, realize the the blessing that it is to understand truth and to be a disciple unto the Most High in a manner that is true, where you're serving the kingdom and you prioritize that for your life. Because uh, still there's very few that have made that commitment. Uh, but every day the numbers are growing. And so that's a beautiful thing. As a matter of fact, what's really interesting and is highly supportive of, of your comment. <clears throat> which you know we we know is true but a lot of people i don't think completely get it um but i'm going to read and then i'm going to turn the mic over to to joy to close but real quickly um i i've collected for over you know it's approaching 12 years now prophecies dreams and visions and i've got a lot of them cataloged and this one here is called i am coming i am coming i am coming from 2013 give or take uh but anyway it says I'm going to just cut to the chase. I'm going to cut some of this off for the sake of time. It says, always remember that you belong to me and to no other. What is coming, no man can imagine. There will be a cataclysmic event that will stagger mankind, but this will be my way of revealing myself to every man and woman on the face of the earth to give them the opportunity of accepting me as their Lord and Savior before time runs out. There is no need for those who are mine to fear this event, for it is I who am coming to draw all men unto myself in such a way that they will recognize their creator and that there will be no mistaking who I am. This is my gift to mankind for all those uh, who are seeking me in their hearts, but who do not yet know it is I who they seek. 
There are many amongst those people of every nation who desire after me, yet they do not know me. And that's, that was the whole crux. The, the, the reason for that prophecy was for the Lord to say, hey, everybody, hey, all of, the, uh, of you that are mine, there's going to be some pretty scary things that are going to be happening, but it's going to be my way to bring the people out there who've been looking for me but don't know who it is they're looking for. To your point, Zen, praise God. Dr. Joy? Yes, amen. Well, you know, the thing about it is we were all hardwired by our creator, God. Everybody has got a pineal gland and has a connection to the spiritual realm. And clearly that mingling that happened in Genesis that set up the wheat and tares was Satan's spiritual deception. His whole intent was to go into your personal holy holies, which I described, you know, in your in your brain, to do spiritual adultery, to set you up for spiritual whoredom. I mean, it was a part of what caused the dragon seed to be, you know, available there in the garden. And then the fact that the, the dragon had the capability of breaching our holy transmission to God, he was after trying to retune humanity from the very beginning. So when you look at the dragon kings and the blood trails and, and Satan's whole intent of trying to remotely control us by reprogramming mankind's brain using your pineal gland, which we, you know clearly is your, your mind's eye. And, of course, we know at the end of days that God, the, the 144,000 that are left here are sealed by God in that area because of that third eye illumination that, the pagans have been playing with for you know for ancient times but like i said your dna is your personal song and it is your spiritual communion with god but it is satan's goal to remove god's throne from our mercy seats and if you listen to the sound of satan and you allow your pineal gland to get you know breached then you know he's going to change your your desires we see that through the the sexual things that are happening and all the evil things that are happening in the world because the intent is to sear our consciousness with God. And once that happens, if you're left here after Christ's you know, bride is airlifted out of here for the, uh, the catching away, then there's really a, a concern because human consciousness is so uh, connective, you know, the connectability to it is very serious. And like I mentioned, you can form a unified collective consciousness just like Nimrod's Tower of Babel back in the day. And the whole intent that we've seen through all the studies that we've talked about is this Luciferian enlightenment, which is really a form of uh, alchemical black arts that the Knights Templar and the uh, Rosicrucians and all that, Freemasonry, the secret societies have been pushing for years and years. So the fact that we've got, you know, the histories of the Nazis and how they had their hidden military you know, experiments, we know things about MK Ultra, you know, the fact that, there is those earth currents, you know, the fact that we can actually breach internal communication and, and, and really get in there and produce a transhuman using the great technology like Starlink and, and Neuralink and then 5G, and, and I believe that 6G technology will come about. You can clearly see that it's, we're, we're on the cutting floor right now of where is where we're going to see the Antichrist step in. And we're going to see the possibility of immediate change of being able to do buy, selling, and trading. And once you do that, it cuts out everything. I mean, that's where you lose your freedom of choice unless you take either death or you take the, the, the mark of the beast. And, um, you know, we're there. We, we are at this, this um, 
this point in humanity where we're not going back. Nothing's going to return back to where it once was. People used to say, oh, yeah, maybe three years from now it'll go back like it was. We know. I mean, uh, John, you and Zen, we've been studying this so long. We know we're not going back to the days that we once had three years ago. We're not ever going back there. Everything is heading full-fledged into a time where evil is going to be unleashed on this earth in such a way that you really don't want to be left here. If this catching away occurs, you want to be able to put Jesus first right now and be assured that you turn your life over to him. If you're not a saved person tonight, you ask Jesus to come into your heart and your mind and your life and that he save you from the, the wrath that's going to come as a part of this tribulation period. It's on its way. It is something clearly that's spelled out. We cannot fight against it. You cannot say you can fight the Antichrist as people that think they can fight the Antichrist. No, you can't. You have no power of the spiritual world. That's why it says we fight uh, principalities and powers in high places instead of flesh and blood. If you don't have Jesus Christ on your side fighting this battle for you, you will not win. And it is a real concern if you don't choose him and get on his side, get off the fence. Don't ride the fence. Get in his pasture. Do what the Bible says. Live by it. Ask for forgiveness and seek him and seek him only. Because that's the only way out of the mess that is about to really be unleashed on this planet. (laughs) Well said. Praise God. Um, And with the time that we have left, um, Dr. Joy, did you want to go ahead and close with a prayer for us tonight? Sure. I always like for everybody to join me in the Lord's Prayer. So if you'll just bow your heads and say with me and with your heart, and if you're looking for salvation tonight, that you just continue to pray this and ask God to come into your life as well. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you all. Thank you, Zen. Thank you, Joy. Powerful program. Great message. Very well-rounded and touch, and, and certainly touched a whole lot of different people uh, with different belief systems. And uh, now's the time that I think that, that, that's probably arguably one of the most um, uh, fertile uh, areas uh, that, that we're going to be able to touch and reach out to in the days that we have uh, upon us. Praise God. So what what a relevant program this was and i just wanted to say thank you again for joining us tonight thank you all tonight is uh 10 o'clock p.m on the east coast of the united states of babylon the graded sunday january the 8th we will see you wednesday night at 7 p.m god willing thank you joy thank you zen love these programs always always do my very favorite god bless you all thank you so much love you love bye. you bye zen. Love. thank you for joining us bye love you all Love you too, Dr.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. <laughs> 